You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field team. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. Go! Cody Bellinger hits one out. Beat on. So he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Game three of the 1989 World Series, the Oakland Athletics against the San Francisco Giants. I'm Al Michaels. Welcome to game three. Go the Oakland A's. Take. Take. I'll tell you what, we have an earlier. A's trying to sweep, but the Giants have certainly not made life easy for them tonight. It's a ground ball to the right side, speared by Phillips, flips Eckersley. Yes, he's there in time, and the A's are the world champions. Here's Chris Townsend. Wow. Going old school with Al Michaels, Tim McCarver, taking you all the way back to 1989. I mean, it's so long ago. You know, I always think about how many people listening to this program, when we talk about certain dates in A's history, like how many of you weren't even with us in 1989? And that includes my producer, the commander, Commander Cody, never saw that World Series. Uh, one of the craziest World Series, obviously, because of the earthquake. And hopefully we never see anything like that again. Uh, scary, scary moment. But, yeah, so many of you, like Cody, you, you never saw that. You never saw the greatness that was the 1989 team, which is truly one of the most complete teams in the history of Major League Baseball. I would have been turning a year old a few weeks later. Uh, after that World Series ended, so yeah, I missed I missed a lot of the good stuff that happened in the '80s, and obviously, even with you, you were too young to see what happened with the A's in the '70s. Where that's been well documented on this program, where we I never saw it live, and we watched the games back. But you weren't even—I mean, you were bare—you were a toddler when the A's were winning one, two, and three I in the '70s. I was I was born in 1972. I was a baby. It's so funny. I mean, it's all these years. Tony, you remember those 70s? No, I don't remember those 70s teams. I was born March 15th, 1972. No, I do not remember. I don't remember the A's. I don't remember the Big Red Machine. What, do you think in 1975 I was sitting in front of the TV going, yeah, I really like this Johnny Bench guy? Uh, Yeah, that's not really how that works. Uh. I always say, like, it's like 1978, like, eight-ish, nine-ish. I kind of start having an idea, but no. When you're born in 72 by 1975, you're not, hey, I really like Pete Rose and Joe Morgan. Uh, it, it doesn't work that way. But it is time for the Bay Bridge Series. And we got a great show for you. The D-Train. 
Dontrell Willis will make his debut tonight on NBC Sports California. A's pre and post game live. Bringing the kid back home. He's going to join us at 3.30. Obviously, Dontrell's been doing all the national stuff with Fox. Uh, we're now going to have him locally. He's going to be with Dave Stewart tonight. How about di- how about different generations of East Bay kids who starred as pitchers going to be on uh, NBC Sports California getting us ready for A's and the Giants. So the D train will be here at 3.30. We will do our weekly David Force show at 4 o'clock as uh, we have some news about tonight's game that we can get into with David. The Hall of Famer. Ford C. Frick Award winner, truly one of the greatest broadcasters of all time. John Miller is going to join us at 4.30. Can't wait for that. And then we'll have the Bob Melvin Show at 5 o'clock. Yes, Forrest Melvin exclusive right here on A's Cast Live and on A's Cast. It's the only place you're going to give them every single week. Now, they may venture out and do some, some interviews, but if you want them every single week, the only place you're going to get David Force and Bob Melvin every single week is right here on A's Cast Live. That is your lineup today. The A's, they boast the best record in the American League. That's right. Nobody in the American League right now has a better record than your Oakland Athletics at 13 and 6 at a winning percentage of 684. Next closest is the Bronx Bombers at 12 and 6. At a six-six-seven clip, you got the Twinkies at twelve and seven at a six-three-two clip. So the Athletics have the best record in the American League, and the Giants have the worst run differential in the National League at minus twenty-nine. Things have not been going good for the Black and Orange. They've lost eight of their last eleven games compared to the Yays who have won 10 of their last 12. But we do have a little switcheroo. This is never good to hear, and that's why it's great to have David Force, the general manager, on today to kind of get a really an idea of uh, what we're talking about here. As Frankie Montas has been scratched from the start, Jesus Lazardo, because the day off will be pushed forward, he's going to go tonight. And you never want to hear the back stiffness. So what does that mean? Does that mean, you know, well, I'll tell you what it means is we don't know. We don't know if he'll be feeling good tomorrow or the day after that, or does he go Sunday? You just don't know when you'll plug Frankie back in, but you got to get Frankie in as soon as possible because Frankie has been absolutely outstanding. And you want him back in uh, the rotation. You want as many starts. I mean, after today, there's only 40 games left. That's it. And Frankie's numbers, like Cody saw this on MLB Now today. Going into 2019, from the 2019 season, you got to have at least 100 innings. Frankie Montas has the lowest ERA of any pitcher at 2.42 of any pitcher in baseball with at least 100 innings. You know who also was scratched tonight, Commander? Oh, I know. I was hitting the panic button myself. Uh, who was scratched tonight? Uh, Mr. Durable. Oh, by the way, speaking of Mr. Durable. <laughs> I was hoping you bring it up. I, 
I, I don't know where I saw it. There was this article about the stardom of Aaron Judge. You know how Aaron Judge is embracing New York, right field, stardom, Yankees, and he knows that he needs to stay healthy and have a big season and what that means. Oh, yeah, Aaron Judge put on the IL today with a calf strain. John Carlos Stanton on the IL, Aaron Judge on the IL. The Twin Towers just cannot stay healthy. And don't give me it's a 60-game season. It could be a 200-game season and they can't stay healthy. It doesn't, It could be a 10-game season and they can't stay healthy. Neither of these guys have been – you know what? Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. I mean, come on. Call it what it is. These two guys – they're not going to be called Cal Ripken anytime soon. Let's just let's just say that. I mean, soft. But Degrom has been scratched. What was De- Degrom scratched with? It was a it was a finger injury. I think it was something that was bothering him in his last start. So, and he pitched well in that start. I think he got his second win of the year. When I thought he wasn't going to have any wins this year and win the sign with no wins because the Mets bowl every game for him. But yeah, he has a finger issue, so he was scratched from his start tonight. But I, I think he'll be fine. I don't know, man. All these guys, we have, if you date back to last year at this time, so it would have been early March through April, the amount of games, let's call it 20 games. Not everybody's played the amount of games. There's more than half the pitchers on the disabled list, or excuse me, the IL, than there was last year through like 20 games. And that means everybody's freaking out. And oh, my God, it's a short. And the... Now, here's the thing. They're not all arm-related. You know, getting back to the uh, if it bleeds, it leads. Stop, stop looking at the title of these articles. Just go to the articles and really get into the deep, deep dive into the article about the actual facts. Because, you know, the... Um, the title will make you believe that every one of these pitchers, oh, my God, everybody's got an arm injury. Uh, DeGrom, this is a finger injury. Does this have to do with a, 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 a summer camp? Soroka blowing out his Achilles? Does it have to do with summer camp? It doesn't all have to deal with that. So let's just stop that right there. But, yeah, we're, 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 we are seeing some injuries. I cannot wait, by the way, to play you. The dissension going on in Cleveland right now, it really is unbelievable. And if you ever thought you've heard enough from a tone-deaf athlete, wait till you hear what we have for you about Zach Plesak. Essentially, his entire team has turned on him and Clevenger. And he actually came out and did a, a um, I don't know what they're, you know, we're using Ring Central, some people using Zoom, whatever. He did an interview with the media. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Indian player, remember, he went out with his buddies in Chicago, broke protocol. They sent his butt home to quarantine. And um, let's just say it's not going well with his other teammates. And not really going well with anybody in baseball. Because everybody in baseball, for the most part, other than the Marlins, 
other than the Cardinals and now two Indian players have basically done everything they can to do it right that we know of. Let's not kid ourselves. The Marlins didn't do it right. Let's not kid ourselves. The Cardinals didn't do it right. Whatever stories they want to cover up and say, whoa, 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 yeah, these guys weren't at a casino. Oh, just it, it just got made up. We just we just made up that St. Louis Cardinals were at a casino. We just made up that Marlins were out on the town in Atlanta. But they just made that up. Yeah, the, the, these these certain organizations just randomly got COVID nineteen and then spread it amongst themselves. It was just random. Okay. You can give me whatever story you want. And then you can fall back on me that the Astros only cheated in 2017, not 18 and 19. I'm still buying that one from Major League Baseball. We still buying that? Hey, they won a championship in 17 and said, you know, what? we're not going to cheat anymore. We're going to go on the up and up. I think we all know the answer to that. So anything that comes out of Major League Baseball about certain situations and what really happened versus what they want you to think happen. I'm not buying anything. All I know is 28 other teams have not had, have not had COVID outbreaks. Their whole staffs from players to coaches to manager, they're not testing positive. Just certain organizations have tested positive for the most part. And their players have been accused of breaking protocol. Major League Baseball just wants to swipe that under the rug. That that didn't really happen. That's false statements. Okay. But the good news is we're playing, and that's all that matters. And how they get the Cardinals caught up, I don't know. They're not our problem. You know, the Cardinals, you know, they got to kind of get their act together, or, you know, you could just pluck them out of it and say, see you next year. I know baseball doesn't want to say that, and they're not going to make them play a bazillion doubleheaders. Uh, the odds of them getting 60 games in is short. I'm not rooting for anybody to win or lose. That's not my job, and that's not who I am. But for the Cardinals, if they're going to really struggle to get, I don't even know, 50 games in, I would rather see them not play well. And that's not me being vindictive against them. It's just, I, I I don't want this, hey, the Cardinals got a good winning percentage. They only played 48 games, so they're in the playoffs. I'd rather have them not be good, and we don't even have that argument. And have that out of it. Because that's when the old asterisk stuff starts coming up again, which, which, which I want to get rid of. We finally have the lineup out tonight for the A's, because, you know, we had to figure out, how's this thing going to go? Simeon will be playing shortstop, batting second for the first time this year. Tony Kemp is going to be hitting second for your Oakland Athletics. Matt Chapman will be hitting third, Matt Olson fourth, Mark Canna, Robbie Grossman, Chris Davis down in the order at the DH, Biscotti, and then Murph will be your lineup tonight. You know, one player who we haven't talked a whole lot about is Robbie Grossman, and he's going to fare uh, pretty big here for the next couple days because if you haven't heard, and shockingly, 
Ramon Laureano's suspension dropped to four games. I almost fell out of my chair when I heard that. I could not believe that. That Major League Baseball would actually take the suspension down. And the reason why is something we've talked about. They sent out the do's and don'ts of player interaction with other players, not only on your team, but the other team, how to deal with umpires. It was perfectly clear what Major League Baseball sent out before the start of the season. And they said, if you start anything, you charge a pitcher, you get into it with another another team's player, you're getting suspended and you're getting fined. It was very, very clear. That's why I thought there was no way they would back down on their suspension. And they backed it down to four games. So great for Ramon Laureano. That is terrific news. So he'll miss three against the Giants. He's dropped his appeal. He'll miss three against the Giants, one against the D-backs. And he'll he'll have to go down to Arizona because it's a two-and-two set with the D-backs starting on Monday. It's two down in the Valley of the Sun and two back here. So I guess Ramon will go down to Arizona with the team when they leave from San Francisco. Well, they'll come back over to Oakland and they'll leave from the private airport in Oakland and he'll be reinstated for the second game of uh, Arizona, Oakland. Cody, were you surprised that Major League Baseball dropped it two games? A little bit, yes, but after seeing that Joe Kelly's suspension was reduced to five games, and it's a little bit different for relief pitchers because they don't pitch. My favorite suspensions are always the, oh, the starting pitcher is suspended for, for five games. Well, if he starts one game, he has to sit out to his next start, essentially, so it's just, he's not really missing any game time. But for your, your star center fielder to miss only four games instead of six, I was surprised to see it come down. But the, it's great that they're not playing any AL opponents. It's the Giants who are 8-12 and 12 and – five games behind the Dodgers in the NL West who they're playing, and then the Diamondbacks who are, let's face it, they're underperforming after we thought that they were going to be much better after getting Starling Marte and Cole Calhoun and Madison Bumgarner, who can't get anybody who? out. Who? Yeah, Mason Saunders, the rodeo guy. Uh, 0-3 with a 9-something ERA and an 86-mile-an-hour fastball. You know what I'd like to ask Giants fans? You want him back? Uh, he's on the injured list as well, so let's add that caveat in. You want him back? Remember all our Giants friends? Oh, my God, Mad Bum, how could you trade him? Everything that he did for the franchise. I mean, they got Donnie Barrels now. He's hitting three, whatever, he's hitting 358. Three World Series, how can you trade? How can you? Because last year we were like, how do you not trade Matt? How, how do you not get something for him now? Madison Baumgartner, what he'll always be. You want him back? You want his $85 million contract back with his 86-mile-an-hour fastball, his 0-3, and, and you know what? Scrap, hold on. I want to get the official. Remember, he gave up four home runs and two innings against the Padres before he went. Hold on. Right after the start, he went on the injured list. Uh, I would go. I would put him on the injured list, too, after the uh, very slow start after giving him five for 85. 
Hey Farhan, you wanna you wanna tra- you wanna trade for Madison Bumgarner, who's 0 and three with a 9.35 ERA, and oh yeah, has four years left on his contract. I don't think so. How many home runs has he given up? Are you on the Baseball Reference page? I I literally just clicked it's, off. It's it okay because he gave up four against the Padres, but I know he's been giving up a lot of home runs too. So it's been a very bad start for uh, Mad Bum there in in the in the in the Valley of the Sun. While we do this show. I try and keep – I'm trying to limit the amount of stuff that's on my computer. Because as you do know, when I would open a bazillion different things, for some reason, I would go frozen. I'm trying to keep from being frozen. Let Seven. it go. Let it go. Yeah, I'm trying to keep from being frozen. Seven home runs he's given up in 17 innings so far this year. Oh, that's not good. I am hearing from my sources that Alex Centrone, who is suspended for 20 games, he gets to be around the ball club other than just when the game's on? Really? That must be in the collective bargaining agreement. That's wrong. Like, Ramon Laureano can't be around, but the coach can, who got suspended for 20 games. And I wonder if Major League Baseball... Major League Baseball these days is so into let's make a decision and then everybody let's go forward. (laughs) Let's make a decision and we move on. Because I don't think that Major League Baseball really wanted to get into what Alex Centrone was saying to Ramon Laureano in Spanish. I don't think they really wanted to get into that. So I think they wanted to lay down the suspensions and then now, hey, you know what, Ramon? Yeah, this guy, what he did was pretty chicken bleep. So we're going to knock you down two more games. Because Ramon Laureano committed the ultimate protocol sin. He didn't rush the pitcher. He rushed the entire dugout. (laughs) I mean, I love the guy and I love the fire and I don't want him to change, but if Major League Baseball coming into a COVID-19 pandemic season had one thing they didn't want a player to do was to rush a group of players. So I'm shocked. I really am. But good for Ramon. He is going to be back. But that leaves us to Robbie Grossman. Robbie Grossman has reached base safely in 16 of the last 24 plate appearances. And oh, by the way, has three home runs in the last five games. I can't tell you how many times people have called me on our post-game show, the A's Clubhouse show, which the number is 510-956-3700. And they've said, why is Grossman playing? Hey, Rob- Robbie's bringing it this year. You slide Mark Can over center field, put Robbie Grossman in left, let's go. I mean, this is no different than Ramon getting hurt and he's got to go on the IL. That's how you have to treat it. It's next man up. People get hurt. Now, obviously, this is a this is one of the bigger center fields in baseball. Even though they've brought right field in and they've brought center field in and the kale garden's gone and it's now the bullpen. Is Hunter Pence okay with the kale garden being gone? Was that an issue? I think so. I think he's okay. I think he's living with it. I mean, he's he's off to a a slow start to the season. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that's kale garden. Uh, affected it or not, but he's just off to a slow start. But I think he's he's going to manage because the other guys are doing just fine. That, that place is like a band box now 
for home runs. I can't believe how many home run balls I've seen fly out of that ballpark already this year. I can't believe you said Hunter Pence is struggling. What do you mean by that? What does he have, like one home run? And he's, I think he's hit under, I think he might be over 100 now. When I last looked, he wasn't doing very well at, at the dish. He's only hitting a buck oh five. Okay, so he is just a little over one. That was a good guess. One home run, I think. How about uh, what's Longoria making? Like fourteen, fifteen mil. Yeah, I wonder how much of that at the uh, the Rays probably aren't paying any of that. To be honest, that was that was a great move by uh, by um, Heim Bloom, who is not doing well in Boston right now. Oh, Boy. I thought you meant I thought you meant Bobby Evans, friend of the program. Um, Evan Longoria is fourth for thirty three. That's a 121 batting average with zero extra base hits and zero RBIs in his last nine games. The guy that they have hitting third tonight, once again, in his last nine games is hitting a buck 21, zero extra base hits, zero RBIs. But whatever. They're two big boppers at the top of their lineup, and Baby Yaz and Donovan Solano, the futures of the Giants. One guy's 32, the other guy's going to be 30, but they're the future. It- Hey, this is the battle of, of of bad DHs. You got Pablo Sandoval hitting a buck seventy nine, no home runs and an RBI. Wait for it, one seventy nine, which you know he's not hitting his weight. Uh, zero home runs and one RBI on the season. He has like what? Why? Why is he on the team? He's got one RBI, but. Not to be outdone by Chris Davis, who's hitting 150 with one home run and four RBIs. Wow. Wow. It's hard to believe the battle of the DH tonight between the Giants and the A's. This is pathetic. That's rough sledding, bro. That is rough, rough sledding. Once again, game number 20, we got, what'd you say? We got 40 games left after this? Yeah, 40 games left. I counted up. There's 41 games, including today, and then 40 after to, after the gameplay today. To know that your DH, if you're the Giants, has one RBI and the DH for the A, so you're paying, what is he making, like $16.5 million, has one home run? I'm taking Chris Davis. I think he bounces back in this series. You got Cueto tonight, Gosman on Saturday, and I don't even know who pitches Sunday. But it's probably some guy we've never heard of before. I think it's Logan Webb. Okay, yeah. I think. He's actually not that bad, but Gosman, I think Gosman and Quater are just trade bait guys right now. But I think Davis bounces back this weekend because I don't think Pablo uh, – Pablo's getting like $5 million or something from the Red Sox this year. So I don't think he's really concerned about the money right now. But, I mean, I, I, I he seems like a professional hitter where he cares about hitting. And, but to hit one on, under 180 is not good right now, especially the only one RBI. And Longoria not doing anything for it either. Compare that to Nicholas Castellanos from the Reds. He's been struggling lately. He has like four hits in his last 12 at-bats. All four hits are extra base hits at least. I, You know what? I've kind of never understood this. When you said he's a professional hitter, they all get paid. So wouldn't they all be professional hitters? Yeah, I just, I just love throwing that, that cliched term around that you hear people say in baseball. He's a professional hitter. He has professional at-bats. They're all playing Major League Baseball. It's professional baseball. Okay, so I'm trying to figure this out. If you bump up Lazardo today, that means Manaya tomorrow, right? Yeah, but uh, 
Let me check. Yeah, because it has Lazardo starting tomorrow. So you move Manai up, and then you would um, essentially okay, so have. Basher went last game. Mm-hmm. Fires went the game before that. Manaya went the game before that. And then Lazardo. And then Frankie. Okay, so if Lazardo goes, that means it's Manaya, Fires, Bassett. God, I would almost like to, guys, is there any way to skip Manaya? Throw fires. I mean, you 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 could skip Manaya, which I think we all would. Would anybody disagree with that? Skip Manaya, throw fires. I love fires pitching at AT and T, or excuse me, Oracle Park. Um, fly ball pitcher in this ballpark, so I'd go fires. Hopefully, Frankie could go on Sunday. And then you could have Bassett start out in Arizona. Well, I'm sure we'll get the answer from Dave. David Force will probably tell us what the the plan could be. And and skip Manaya. Say, big fella, you need a little extra time. All right, coming up next, we got a debut tonight, and it's not a player. Dontrell Willis, the hometown kid, is back. Grew up a major A's fan, and he's going to be a part of A's pre- and post-game live tonight on NBC Sports California. We'll talk to the D-Train next right here on A's Cast Live. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly. Cookies and milk. Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't, because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente, thrive. Visit kp.org today. COVID-19 is more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families. In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship, that we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment, and we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com. Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We have plans to fit every budget, with speeds up to a gig, all at Xfinity.com. We'll ship you a self-install kit on us to make setup quick, safe, and easy. No tech visit required. And our simple digital tools will help you manage your account online. At Xfinity, we're committed to keeping you connected. Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. If you're looking for some beautiful outdoor dining, then look no further than the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Come try the world-famous Chicken Pie Dinner that has been served in Southern California for over 80 years and one of the most dynamic menus in Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop also has a full takeout menu and delivery. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. Don't forget, they can also deliver beer, wine, and spirits. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. 
Chevron and its brands are committed to reliably providing fuel to customers, even during an emergency. The safety and health of workers, customers, and the communities where Chevron operates are primary concerns. In Northern California, Chevron and Texaco stations are open for business, supplying quality fuels in a safe manner. You don't need to understand how available adaptive variable suspension works or how pre-collision cameras detect pedestrians in low light. You don't need to understand any of the craft that went into the Lexus ES to feel it. With outstanding connectivity and standard Lexus Safety System Plus 2.0, experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. LSS Plus 2.0 and the pre-collision system with pedestrian detection are not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practices. See owner's manual for additional limitations and details. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. The D-Train is now part of, well, we know he does Fox nationally. But he's now part of the A's broadcast team, a two-time All-Star, a World Series champion, a World Series champion, NL Rookie of the Year, led the NL in wins in 2005, was raised in Alameda, California. Welcome back home, Dontrell Willis. Got a chance to hook up with him earlier today to talk about tonight's debut. Well, I I can't wait for tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun watching NBC Sports California as we're bringing a a hometown kid back home to be a part of the A's television broadcast, A's pre- and post-game live, doing it with another hometown kid, good friend of uh, the program, Dave Stewart. Dontrell Willis is with us. And, and Dontrell, it's been a while, but you know what? I got to think this is going to be really special for you, your family, and your friends. You've been doing the national stuff. But now you're coming back home to do your A's. Well, I mean, you absolutely hit the nail on the coffin, you know, and obviously it's well documented, you know, what the Open A's organization as a whole meant to me in my life and obviously my career. Um, if it wasn't no A's, it would be no Dontrell Willis. So I'm definitely excited to uh, be a part of an exciting organization and uh, hopefully a playoff type team. And uh, hopefully we can get a title uh, back in Oakland. So I'm very excited. Well, I know what this means to your family because I remember way back when, when you burst onto the scene, all of us in sports radio immediately had your mother on our programs, and she was just beaming with joy about the start of your career. So I got to think the amount of family and friends are going to be watching is going to be huge. Oh, man. Well, you know, they're my biggest fan and obviously my toughest critiquers of my career and now my broadcasting career. So I actually was just in the Bay Area and had a chance to uh, have breakfast with my mom and she couldn't stop raving about how excited she was for myself to be on the telecast, even though she's seen my ugly mug nationally. She wants to see my ugly mug uh, locally. So uh, I'm truly uh, excited to be able to represent my family and friends. And, and keep up with a hell of a ball club. This is an exciting team. They're already off to a great start, and I, I expect more from this club. Yeah, it, it's it's just been a learning experience for all of us because we had no idea what 60 games was going to mean. And the A's right, obviously right. historically get off to a slow start. And, you know, next you know, they roll off nine in a row, and the record speaks for itself. Uh, what have you enjoyed so far in this essential sprint to the finish line? 
Well, you know, I've always loved the A's, but now watching them for these last three weeks, I, I definitely love the A's again. This is a very resilient bunch. You know, they have seven come-from-behind wins, which ties Major League record right now with the San Diego Padres. And I think that starts from up top. Bob Melvin is one of the best managers of men in all of baseball. I'm still trying to find a person to say a bad word about him. I even offered money to to that person to say a bad word about him, and they just will not take my money. I mean, they rave about Bob Melvin and just the way he sets up the team, sets up the environment, and handles the staff. Um, Bob Melvin is one of the best in the game. Not enough people understand that. We're so in analytics and we're so in the numbers. And people ask me right. about Bob because, you know, we do the Bob Melvin show. We had him on today. And I try and right. tell people, somebody still has to manage the people. You have, you have, and normally it's 25. We started with 30. Now we're 28. But there's 28 individuals. There's 28 egos. There's 28 right. <laughs> I mean, you don't know if guys are having problems away from the field. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Somebody still has to manage the men. Well, you know, the the, the printer can only go so far. <laughs> you know what I mean? You definitely have to have someone that's definitely in tune with the environment in the locker room. He's done a hell of a job being able to do that. Uh, this core group, they've been in some really, really tough battles and they're very resilient, and they feel like, hey, we can beat anybody in baseball if we play our style of game. And, uh, you know, that's hitting the ball out of the ballpark, playing clean defense, and really having good starting pitching and getting to that lifestyle bullpen, and that's what you've seen so far. So, I mean, but I'm really proud of this group. I I love the youth and and the veteran mix. And they trust Bob and, and vice versa. So you see the roles. Everybody knows their roles, whether it be starting pitching. You see guys are finally healthy. And I think the healthiest team is going to be the most successful team. And A's are doing a hell of a job on and off the field so far. Well, here's something I think you're going to like. We've been keeping track of as a former starting pitcher. When an A's pitcher goes five innings or more, this is not some super Bill James analytic here. Uh, <laughs> when a starting pitcher goes five innings or more, the A's are nine and one. Proof's in the pudding. If you get innings from your starter, there's a better chance you're going to win. I mean, that's the bottom line, and that's why the starters make a lot of money. <laughs> that's why starters, starting pitchers are the best job in, in, in the world. You know what I mean? They're the ones that set the tone. And the one thing I love about this rotation whether it be Lazardo or Bassett or, 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 you know, Frankie Montage, you're getting a different look every single day. But the one common denominator is they're all very confident in their ability and their stuff and their ways to follow the mitt. They execute very well. And even if they give up a lead early, they stay focused and they say, hey, we're going to keep the game intact and give our club a chance to win in the back end. Well, you know, you were a hot shot young pitcher coming up, and Jesus Lazardo is that exact same thing. If you could give him any advice, because you're going to face a lot of things. There's a lot of people coming at you now. There's a lot of people who want, want a piece of you. What advice would you give to Jesus Lazardo? Man, stay focused. I've actually got a chance to talk to him, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I told him. Stay focused on the champagne, man. Everything else will come. And what I mean by that is, Stay focused on being successful inside that locker room. Nothing else is important. And that's very tough. You know, you have family and friends, and and now you're the big hotshot, not only on the team, but in in all of baseball. He's one of the best arms I've seen. And so 
he, he told me he was a big fan of mine. And I said, I have to be a big fan of yours because you throw harder than I did. So he's a hell of a kid. Um, he has a great work ethic, you know, great head on his shoulders. And, and he's lucky to have guys that have been there and done that around him. But uh, he's a hungry kid, man. Just let him loose. And you've seen so far how talented he is. I, I got to tell you, Dontrell, I mean, everybody throws harder now. I mean, every guy oh, comes out. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't matter. Every, everybody throws 98, anywhere between 97 and 99. I mean, even when you right. were – it wasn't that long ago that you were coming up. Just the velocities changed so much even since when you first started. You know, I, I just mentioned to my neighbor, I said, man, I remember it was cool to throw 95. You know what I mean? Now it's like you're, you're throwing slow. You know, you're seeing these guys throw cutters at 92, 93 miles an hour across the league. But the one thing you're seeing across sports, the athlete is getting more in tune with his body. He's getting stronger. He's training smarter. Hell, when I was a kid in the Bay Area, I could play a double hitter off two jack-in-the-box tacos. Now these kids are, you know, they're, they're in metric shapes and they're eating salmon and, you know, they're doing yoga. So that's the evolution of an athlete. And it, it definitely slid right into baseball. And you're seeing these kids bigger and stronger and big league ready earlier and earlier. I mean, to be a 21-year-old in the big leagues was rare even in the early 2000s. Now you look on every roster, they have guys that are, are, are focal points that are 20, 21 years old, 22 years old. So the athlete has definitely gotten better throughout sports and definitely in baseball. You know, I think about pitchers right now and really making sure that you you're, you got to protect yourself because obviously right. you, you didn't get the full amount that some guys really needed. We've seen X amount of guys go on the DL. It's not all arm related, but there's far more guys on the DL now, almost more than half than what you saw last year in this period of games played to start the season. And just how important is it for these pitchers to make sure, yes, you want to take the ball, you want to win, but you also got to protect yourself. Well, that's also management as well. You know, I mean, you have to have the front office and the coaching staff on the same page as well. But it's tough because you're asking these kids to be stronger, throw harder. Well, if you're driving the Ferrari at 100 miles an hour, it's going to break down sooner. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and guys also need to learn. I, I, I want to see a little more add and subtract, if you know what I mean. You know, I wasn't always a max effort guy. You know, I might throw a fastball at 92 and then throw a sinker at 84, which plays into kind of a, a, a change-up fastball combination. No, nah, they're not trying to do that. They're going harder and harder and harder. But at the same time, if I had a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, I probably wouldn't throw a sinker either. So <laughs> it's tough to tell guys to back off when they, they, they assess all these uh, abilities that they have. But, you know, obviously, you know, you have to do arm, arm care, body care. It's not just about getting stronger, but you have to be flexible and durable as well. Yeah, and the thing that, you know, is probably even different from when you were first coming up is now they baby these guys so much, and people get tired of me talking about this, but, you know, <laughs> you know you're in the minor leagues, and they tell you, well, you get 80 pitches. Well, you're going to go out there, and, and it's going to be balls to the wall for 80, 80 pitches, but once right. you get older and you're in the big leagues and you need to go six, seven, hopefully eight innings, I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, you need to pace yourself. Not every fastball has to be as hard as you can. Well, you know, if you have a defense like Oakland, and I was blessed to have a great defense in Florida with Mike Lowell and Derek Lee and Luis Castillo, Juan Pierre, guys that have chances to win gold gloves, you need to be efficient and attack the zone, get earlier contact. You're seeing across the league, 
I mean, how many times have you seen someone go 3-2? It seems like every other batter, you're seeing a guy pitch 3-2. But my best years was when I was able to pitch to contact, get ground balls, be efficient. And also, now the batter, he doesn't see five to six pitches every time he comes up. He might see two or three. So then it's been efficient for me when I get later into the ball game. He hasn't seen all my stuff or all my velocity. So that's something that I would want to see more just from pitchers, just be able to pitch to contact, try to get some early outs, keep your defense on your toes and in tune with the ball game so you go deeper in the ball game. We do have to address not your Florida, but your Miami Marlins, who have the second best winning percentage. <laughs> you know, when, when when the whole COVID thing broke out with them, I was like telling people, I'm like, right. hey, the day before they scored 11 runs, they won 11 to six against the Phillies, and a bunch of their guys had COVID. They're, 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 we just got to quarantine them. They're going to be okay. And now they've right. come back and they've played great baseball. They're seven and three in their last 10. They're eight and four with everything that's gone on around them. They've now kind of, they've rallied the storm. How great would it be to see the Marlins in the postseason? I mean, you, you, you're talking to one of the Kingfish, you know I mean? I, I, I love that, that organization they're dear to my heart. Um, I'm truly proud of the way Don Manley, you know, it's Donnie baseball. He's been through a lot with the team over there without winning, but it, I think it's his turn to just taste that champagne and get a chance to get in a team into the playoffs. And 60 games fits these guys. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be a little tougher to sustain that success, especially in that tough NL East, but be able to win a couple ball games here, steal a ball game there. They've played in a lot of tough one-run games and being able to be successful. And so they're starting to pick up the momentum. You see those guys energetic and, and riding the wave in, in that dugout. So I'm really, really excited for them. I think they're going to have to make about 30 to 35 wins, which could be tough. But, you know, I mean, it would be a great story for baseball to be able to overcome COVID and uh, get into the postseason. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is this runner on second base starting in extra innings. I think even the old guard, the people who were like, there's no way I'm going to like this. I, I think this is really catching momentum because there's all these decisions that need to be made by the manager. There's all kind of strategy. There's like immediate pressure every single start of the inning. How do you like it so far? I absolutely love it. The only rule I don't love is the DH. That's because I'm a career 240 hitter, which I like to drop <laughs> on people. But, you know, but no, I, I love it. There's a couple things it does. Well, one, you know, it puts urgency uh, right at the ball, right at the jump in the extra innings, which is huge. Also, you know, you get to finish games quicker. You also save arms. So it eliminates these 15 innings, 16 inning games where you deplete your bullpen and now you don't have arms for the next couple of days. So, and I also love the strategy offensively and defensively. If you have a guy on the mound that you trust at those strikes, do you put a man on first and then get the force or, or vice versa as far as like bunting the guy over and then getting that uh, one out, one out knock to get the guy in and go home. So, I really enjoy the rule. I think the fans watching it have enjoyed the rule. And honestly, I think both clubs on both sides enjoyed it. Well, I can't wait to see it tonight. Well, you know, welcome back to the A's family. It's going to be great to have you. And uh, this, you. Uh, this is obviously a very special season. So uh, enjoy your debut tonight with a guy I'm sure you looked up to a lot, and Dave Stewart. And we, we can't wait to see you tonight on A's pre and post game live. I appreciate it, man. Take care. The D-Train. 
God, it's been so long since I talked to him. He was just a baby back in the day last time I interviewed him when he was at the Marlins. Now officially friend of the program, Dontrell Willis. I've known the D-Train for a few years now, which is actually kind of crazy. Uh, I got to meet him a couple years ago. He's a really nice guy. I, I enjoyed his work on Fox, and, you know, I loved watching him pitch. Because back in the day when he was coming up with the Marlins, the two biggest stories in baseball back then, and like that was what oh three his first year. The two biggest stories in baseball at that time were him and Roy Halladay, the late Roy Halladay, were how great they were. Halladay coming back and you know, transforming himself into a elite starting pitcher for the Blue Jays, and then Dontrell, the high leg kick and it all with the with the Marlins, this kid no one ever no one ever heard of, and he has a great couple year run with the Marlins. It was it was great watching that team. They won the World Series that year, and it was the last time they reached the playoffs. Was in 2003 when they won the World Series. Like I mentioned earlier this week, the Marlins made the playoffs twice in their franchise history. Both times they were the wild card team. Both times they won the World Series. They haven't been back since 03. So the Mariners have the longest drought at 18. They're going on. This is the 19th year. I, I think it's safe to say they probably won't make it this year. Sorry, Mariners fans. So the Marlins right behind them. It's the it's the uh, it's the longest in professional sports. Yeah, and then right behind them is is the Marlins at seventeen because the Bills had their streak ended, and then the Sacramento Kings are at fourteen straight seasons without a playoff appearance, and well, their GM just stepped down, so maybe that'll change. But those are the longest Wait, droughts. Vladdy just stepped down like fifteen twenty minutes ago. Are you serious? Yeah, Vladdy Divac steps you- down. Vladdy Divots is no longer running the Kings. Yeah, he stepped down. So those are the long playoff shots I remember. Because remember before, the longest one was, um, unfortunately, the Pittsburgh Pirates won 20 consecutive years without a winning season or a playoff appearance. So I'm glad that, that uh, they hold the record you know, now. And maybe the Mariners break it next year. So we'll see. But hope I'm hoping for the, the America's team, the Marlins, to make the playoffs this year because it'll be great. Because the Orioles keep winning too. They're up. They were up when I last looked. They were in a suspended game, and they were beating the Nats. And them, Detroit, and the Marlins all have really good records, and it's small sample size, I know, because the Marlins haven't played a full season. But I looked at Fangraph's playoff odds, and they have all of them under 30% chance of making the playoffs. So I'm hoping that changes. I'd love to see Miami in the playoffs, not just because I called for it before the season started that they'd make it. It'd just be cool to see a team – that lost 105-plus games last year make the playoffs. When was the last time we saw 105 losses? And that's three teams that lost 105 games ever make – even come close to making the playoffs. It's never happened before in baseball where three teams have turned around like that. I know it's different because it's a smaller season, but it'd be a great story to see. That's just one of the things I'm monitoring uh, amongst the A's tonight and what's wrong with Jacob deGrom. Oh, Jacob DeGrom. Could not care less. It's about the A's. That's all I can worry about right now. I can't worry about 29 other franchises. I can just worry about this one and David Forrest coming up here at the top of the hour. I got the rotation goes Frankie, Jesus, Shamania, Fires, Bassett. Where does it go from here? And how great is it? that Ramon Laureano's suspension has been knocked down to just four games. How great is it that Robbie Grossman is hot and you can just move Canada to center and Robbie Grossman to left? And at some point, if you need to, you got Pinder, who's been uh, fantastic as an outfielder. What to make of a pitcher with a, eh, kind of the back's like not good. 
mean, we got a lot to get into. It's a big series. What's a great David Forst? What's a, I mean, it's a big series. I mean, everyone gets excited for the Battle of the Bay, and we're not going to sit here and go, oh, should they wear the split cap? Is that allowed? No, that that's uh, that's 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 old school. We don't need to worry about that stuff anymore. Although I did read during the Don Troll interview that the Giants are going to bring back the uh, the nameplate on their home jersey, so they're changing up their uh, their look going forward. It looks like they're going to put names Ooh. on the Giants are going to put their the names on the back of their jerseys for home games. So that's interesting because they haven't done that for a while. Well, it's been since I've been watching them, they haven't done that. So looks like they're eventually going to change that. Yeah, I uh, I got to be honest with you, and the fact that where we are, 2020, that you don't have your names on the back of the jerseys, I, I guess the Yankees can get away with it, but everybody else, come on. How do you not have your names on the back of the jerseys? To me, it's pretty ridiculous. I'm just telling you, and I know, I know everybody likes it. Everybody, everybody likes to be old school. I'm telling you, the old school thing doesn't play. It just doesn't play. You got to stay hip with the times. You can be retro hip. Like a great example of retro hip right now is the Brewers and the Padres. They've basically taken their old uniforms that people thought were ugly and spiced them up. And one of the reasons why they look so much better is, A, the fabric and the design of uniforms is better than it's ever been before. Back in the 70s and the early 80s, they were just like shirts that you pulled over. The uniforms were basically shirts. They didn't have buttoned-ups. And they were terrible. But they've taken the color schemes, the old Brewers color schemes and the Padres, and they've made, it, made them retro hip. So you can have retro hip. But if you ain't hip, let me tell you something. This younger generation of fans, they want sizzle on the steak, baby. And if you ain't giving it to them, the other sports will. The NBA will give it to them. Football will give it to them. And luckily, a commissioner that's starting to figure it out. Yes, you got to make some changes. So I think it, uh, I mean, it was always weird when the Giants first came out with these cream-colored uniforms, you know, because you kind of like talk about overthinking it. Well, that's what they did back in New York, and we're trying to be like, cream? Really want to have cream-colored home uniforms? Not white? To each his own. Not wedding gown white like Charlie Finley liked to have. Fort Knox gold, Kelly green. I just don't know how you don't have white uniforms. I mean, your home uni should be white. I don't see that as a traditionalist type thing. I don't know. Um, you know, every sport, you will incorporate different uniforms to sell other uniforms. A la the Golden State Warriors will have a bazillion different, you know, tops to tr try and sell, which I'm not hating on them. But in the end, the home is a white. You know, in the NFL, you're going to have a white and you're going to have a road. 
right? Raiders wear black at home. They wear white on the road. You know, everybody has their whatever, but, you know, you have the white and you have the road. Got to have that. I never understood the cream. Do you like the cream? No. The only the only uniform that they have that I actually don't mind, I don't mind the orange. You know, it's like when, like they have their orange Fridays, and I love everyone. I mean, myself and everyone love the Kelly Greens. Like, those are the best jerseys, I think, in baseball. With- I think the gold. My, we need to bring back the gold. The gold was – I have a gold A's jersey. Those are the best. But you're but you're right about the retro hip. You're seeing with the Brewers and, and the Padres. The the Pirates have brought back the old lettering from when they played in the early '90s. Those look good. The White Sox are using some of their older uniforms, which they look pretty cool. Uh, when you bring back some of these uniforms that worked, it's great. Now don't bring back the White Sox where they had shorts on. That that probably is not the right move to do. Oh, but, bring that back. I'd love to see that. I mean, <laughs> that was like I think the '70s when they did that. But like the Reds last year, they wore the jerseys with the cut off sleeves. Like, those were cool. Like, I, I think having, you know, making yourself more appealing to younger audiences is great. Coming up next, it's the David Force Show right here on A's Cast Live. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly. Cookies and milk. Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't. Because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente. Thrive. Visit kp.org today. Chevron and its brands are committed to reliably providing fuel to customers, even during an emergency. The safety and health of workers, customers, and the communities where Chevron operates are primary concerns. In Northern California, Chevron and Texaco stations are open for business, supplying quality fuels in a safe manner. COVID-19 is more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families. In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship, that we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment, and we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com. Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We have plans to fit every budget, with speeds up to a gig, all at Xfinity.com. We'll ship you a self-install kit on us to make setup quick, safe, and easy. No tech visit required. And our simple digital tools will help you manage your account online. At Xfinity, we're committed to keeping you connected. Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Looking to stay up to date on all things A's? Head over to athletics.com slash A's cast. That's athletics.com slash A's cast to listen to A's baseball and full 24-7 coverage of the A's only on A's cast. With a single click, you can stream great shows, live pre and post game coverage, and of course, all the great action of the A's this season. Head to athletics.com slash A's cast today. Hi, I'm Kathy Adams, president of the Oakland African American Chamber of Commerce. As the impact of COVID-19 grows, OAACC believes it is important that the African American community hears directly from us in regards to mitigation efforts you may enact it to reduce the risk 
to your family and loved ones. Recent data reveals African-Americans are dying from COVID-19 at disproportionate rates than other groups. Experts cite diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and lung disease as factors. It is imperative that we institute safeguard measures listed on the OAACC website. We will be conducting virtual forums with African-American experts sharing how we must conduct ourselves during this pandemic. OAACC has taken up the mantle to be caretakers for our community. Visit us at OAACC.org. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. So we're waiting, David Forge, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, to join us here for the David Forge Show that you get every single week. A lot to get into with David about the A's. A lot of good. You know, that that's the that's the fun part is when you got a lot of good to talk about when you got the best record in the American League. I mean, the bottom line is the only team that has a better record than the A's is the Chicago Cubs, who are 13-3. and three. They're at an 8-11 winning clip. No one else in the division has a 500 record. The Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray-led Cincinnati Reds are just 8-11. and 11. And the Brewers and the Cardinals. Cardinals have only played five games in the Pirates. So the Cubs out to a 13-3 and three start is huge for them. But other than that, uh, the A's have the second-best winning percentage in all of baseball. It is now time for the David Force Show here on A's Cats and A's Cast Live. This is where you get the general manager of your Oakland Athletics every single week. David, how are you? I'm hot, Tony. I hope it's cool in your studio there. Uh, thank God for the uh, air conditioning from uh, uh, Lowe's because without it, it would be brutal. Yeah, it's it's a hot one out there. So hopefully everybody's inside listening to the radio. So when I think about uh, the start, you know, that was the number one thing we talked about at spring training and then summer camp is how are the A's going to start? When you're notoriously slow starters, I think you have to be thrilled by the start of your ball club. Yeah, well, you know, certainly from where we were at three and four to then have uh, ripped off a run like that, I think the guys took a week or so to get settled and and have played great. So obviously a tough series down in Anaheim, um, but a big win to come back and take the getaway day game. That's, you know, Anaheim's a good team. It was only a matter of time before Rendon started swinging and, and we certainly heated him up um but they've got the best player in the game and otani had a big homer so we know how good their lineup is and um yeah happy to happy to have the record we do right now so when you put a team together and then the season starts what's it like for you to sit back and go okay that's working this is working the depth the versatility what's that like as someone who put this team together to then start it actually work like your game plan is working um wow it's like an actual baseball question in such a strange season i, I don't get a whole lot of those Sorry uh, about that. <laughs> um our guys have been fun to watch i mean well we're almost i guess we're almost a third of the way through the season which is weird to think about with a you know trade deadline basically two weeks away 
um, they, they've done a great job. I mean, um, you know, Jesus got a little late start and AJ's banged up, but this is the rotation that we envisioned. And, um, you know, position player group is, is what we put together. I mean, obviously a big part of what's going right now is our health. Um, both, you know, physically and then also from a, from a COVID standpoint. And our guys have done a great job with the protocols and, and staying healthy. I mean, having to scratch Frankie tonight is really the first first thing that's uh, interrupted us in the, in the first third of the season. So uh, if you stay healthy for the most part and, and you have the team on the field that you envisioned all those months ago back in the offseason, that's usually good things happen. Yeah, you just kind of jarred me right there. I just, I like totally forgot. You got a trading deadline in two weeks. Like, I, <laughs> I are, are you like, yeah. are the phones active right now? Like, how different is it from from normal years? I I got a text about five days ago from a club who said, "Hey, you know, just checking in, seeing what you're looking to do at the deadline," and and I just about fell out of my chair. Uh, it was it, it was not something I was expecting. To, uh, to start conversations at that point, you know, we were about 14 games in and um, no, it's look, it's something we're talking about internally. We're, we're looking around the league a little bit. It's, you know, it's hard to know who the buyers and sellers are at this point because you're dealing with a 16 team playoff and everybody's kind of bunched up right now. But, um, but, you know, I think we'll, we'll start having those conversations more in earnest over the next week. And, and who knows? I mean, I, again, I like our club, I, I don't know what the market's going to look like in terms of what, you know, what do you expect for a, a player that you're renting for, you know, for maybe 25 games? I, I'm not sure what, what the uh, asking price is. So we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> renting a guy for 25 games. Oh, wow. I, uh, <laughs> what a year. Yep. Unbelievable. All right. Before we get into Frankie, I just, I got good, good news on Ramon Laureano. I, I did not think, because baseball had these strict rules about players and protocol and, and the whole deal with other players and umpires and keeping your distance and obviously uh, charging someone else's dugout was a really big no no. How happy were you for Ramon that this gets knocked down from six to four? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that Ramon worked that out that he, you know, he's, took the four games first of all I think you know he understood regardless of you know what what provoked him you know no, no one likes to get hit and hit three times in one weekend anybody's going to be fired up and um, you know a lot has been written about you know him being provoked um, but he knew deep down he's like he knew he didn't do the right thing and you know whether we're in a time when you're supposed to keep opposing teams apart or not uh, going after someone in the dugout. That's not what the game on the field's about. So I was glad that he uh, he and his representatives worked this out with MLB to get it down to four games. Uh, it's, you know, he's, he's been one of our best guys. There's no two ways about it. So missing him for the next four days is is not ideal, but, um, but we'll try and get through it. Some other guys will step up. It's kind of the way it always works here. And uh, it'll be nice to have it behind us as of Tuesday. You know, this is something we asked Bob in the Bob Melvin show here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live, and we'll just keep it generic. Uh, you know, it, it, it's the job of everybody in baseball to make sure we keep this thing going. As I always like to say, we're hanging on by a thread here. And the people who are in charge, coach, coaches, managers, the adults in the room, it's so important that everybody is – you're not only looking after your team – 
You're looking after the other team. You're looking at after the umpires. That's why this situation was so, so shocking that in a year like we are, everybody's supposed to look after each other so we can get this season in. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and you and I talked about this back in maybe back in May and June about, you know, why it's, why it's worth the effort to try and play. It's, you know, it's great to have baseball and for fans to be able to watch it, but there are, you know, there are so many people who depend on this game for their livelihood. And, and, you know, we've, we've really come to understand that over the past five months. And uh, you do want to keep this thing going. You've got players who need to get paid. You've got staff who need to keep their jobs. And, um, you know, you, you hope that there's a sort of all for one mentality amongst the 30 organizations because everybody's going through the same thing. Um, but you, you know, you understand once those guys are in between the lines, uh, it's emotional and it feels, it feels just like any other year to them. And, um, you know, nobody's taking an offer and saying, well, it's, you know, it's 2020, it's not that big a deal, but that's not how those guys feel. And they're, they're sort of, uh, conditioned to compete and, um, and it's hard, it's hard to do both those things at the same time. But like I said earlier, for the most part, I've been, you know, thrilled with how our guys have, have helped, you know, sort of comported themselves and um you know when you win along with it it makes things a lot easier now obviously with Ramon out for four games you have the ability to move Mark Canada to center which is such a luxury and boy what a good year he's having and then out of nowhere Robbie Grossman has reached base safely in 16 of his last 24 uh, plate appearances uh he's got three home runs during that time just talk about the hot start for Robbie Grossman, how you stick him in left and cannon center and away you go. Yeah, it's, it's great to have guys like that. And, and, you know, this is now the second year for Robbie here. And, and frankly, both years he's come into the season with a lot of people saying like, Hey, I don't I'm not sure where the at-bats are. Um, and, you know, guy who had almost 500 plate appearances last year, did a great job defensively, put himself in the gold glove conversation um, and is in a really important left-handed bat for us. And in, in a lineup that is that skews right-handed, uh, Robbie plays a huge role and has already had some huge hits this year. So it, it's great to have him uh, be able to fill in. And then, yeah, and, and Mark's role here is, is, is certainly undeniable. I mean, you, you sort of forget the fact how much he's played center field. I mean, in 18 and 19, you know, starting 55, 60-plus games out there when Ramon's banged up, um, and he does a great job too, but um, but you can't say enough about what he's done in the lineup and and just the quality of his at bats right now. When when Marcus and and Chap and Olsen are you know struggled early, you count on Mark to have a five or six pitch at bat, take some walks, get some big hits, and he's been he's been a very steadying presence in the middle of the lineup already through 19 games. You know, sometimes things happen where you wake up and all of a sudden your back just doesn't feel good. Is is that what we're looking? Uh, at with Frankie Montas, I, I hope so. I think I think it is. I mean, Frankie told our athletic trainers this morning he just he woke up stiff, didn't feel like he slept in a great position the last couple nights, and um, and just wasn't able, wasn't able to fully turn his neck. So I, I hope we're just dealing with a little upper back and neck stiffness. Uh, we'll know more once he sees our doctor this evening. Um, so you know, maybe maybe it's a day, maybe two. Luckily, with the off day. You can bump everybody else up on regular rest and, and give him a few days if he needs it. But, uh, yeah, until uh, until we know more from the doctor, we'll, we'll wait and see. But hopefully we're just looking at a stiff neck. So just kind of take us through it, because right now the way, you know, starting today, if Frankie was going, the rotation is Frankie, Jesus, 
Manaya fires Bassett. Would this be yeah. a situation the minute Frankie could go, like let, let, let's say it's Sunday or it's Monday in Arizona, do you immediately put him in and push everybody back? It's, it's probably up to Bob and Emo. It depends on – ultimately depends on how many days he's off from just throwing. If he, if he can't throw a ball for a couple of days, maybe you want to, you know, get him off the mound, throw a little light touch and feel, and then go out there the next day. Just um, like I said, we have the luxury of, of having everybody else on regular rest, but, you know, this is your guy. This is the opening day starter for a reason. You, you want to get him in there as soon as you can. Yeah, we had some great nuggets for tonight since uh, the start of 2019, a minimum of at least 100 innings. He has the lowest ERA in baseball at 2.42. And then since 2019, how about this, David? His split finger fastball, hitters are only hitting a buck 81 against it since the start of 2019. Boy, what a weapon that has become for him. Yeah, that seems good. Um, no, I think we know that, that the transformation of Frankie was, was a result of that split finger pitch. And I remember uh, hearing before spring training of 2019, Emo saw him throw a couple sides and, and send me a text. He said, Frankie's got this split. It's going to really change him. Um, and if you remember at the time, he was coming into camp out of options. It wasn't clear what role he was going to, what role he was going to have. And, and he clearly, you know, change the, the trajectory of his career by adding that pitch. I always hate that. You know, the guy's out of options, and it, it always puts you – I mean, it's like, it's like right now with Franklin Barreto. It, it, it puts you in a very tough situation because you can like a player. And we've talked about, Frank, it's just been tough over the years to give him that full opportunity at second base. It's just – I don't know if that's ever going to go away or not. Obviously, we got a new CBA coming up, but that's always a tough thing. You really like a player. You don't want to lose them. It's just a tough rule. It is. It's tough for us, but it's obviously designed to protect the player and, and make sure we, you know, clubs don't just bury guys in their system, uh, you know, without any end in sight. So I, I get it. And, um, you know, most times you, you, you're able to evaluate a guy and you know what you've got before then. But um, in the case of a, you know, position player who hasn't gotten an opportunity, a pitcher who changes things, you know, that's, that's hopefully what we're, uh, what we're here for is to make those decisions. Has Tony Kemp given you more offensively than you thought he would? I hey, Tony was a pain when he was the was with the Astros, so I kind of expected this. I mean, he's always been a tough out. I I saw him play in college. You know, we watched him come up through the Astros system, and he's always been a, a tough out. And uh, he's certainly been that and more. You know, he's he's taken walks, he's gone deep into counts, he's put the ball where they're not a couple times teams have, have shifted and shaded him one spot and he hits it another. So he's been great. I know Bob's got him up towards the top of the lineup tonight. And that's just, you know, that's a symbol of, of how meaningful he's been offensively for us. You know, obviously there hasn't been a whole lot of moves between the giants and the A's over, over the years, uh, Ernie Riles, you got to go way, way, way back. But Bert Smith, you made a deal, did not make headlines whatsoever. A lot of people have no idea when that transaction was, but boy, has he been good for you, David? He's done a great job. And, and, you know, just a little callback to what we just talked about, about a guy being out of options and Birch was out of options. The giants weren't sure what, role he was going to have on their club and, and had to make a 40-man move and um, you know we, we saw him a little bit last year he pitched in uh, pitched in the PCL so Vegas got to see him a couple times and 
uh, it made sense. We didn't have that kind of bridge guy. Obviously, JB, we know, can give you two or three innings, but uh, Birch should come up as a starter. It just – the timing worked out well for us in spring training when they had to make a move and we had a spot on our 40-man. And uh, thank goodness we did because he's, he's factored in, you know, pretty significantly to a number of our wins already in this young season. Uh, two more. One about the bullpen. You know, I get calls all the time on the postgame show. Why didn't Bob do this? And why didn't Bob do that with the bullpen? It's like people don't understand when Bob Melvin and, and you're talking with Bob about these bullpen guys. We the we the regular folk, we don't know who's available on that day. We don't know who can go. We don't know who's an emergency person. Just talk us through like a, a bullpen is so volatile. I mean, we 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 don't know who's available on a day-to-day basis for Bob. Right. And I, I hope you haven't been getting those calls this season because I think Bob and Emo have done a great job. Um and, and they do. They they juggle things every day with who's already gone back to back, who's feeling a little sore, who's got one hitter, who can go one plus, you know, running through all these hypotheticals before the game about how far the starter is going to get you. And particularly early on in this season, we had starters really only going, you know, three, four innings. So I I think they've done a great job. And and on the flip side, the guys have have been nails out there. Um, They've come in, closed the door. We've only had one or two hiccups really through almost 20 games. So uh, I, I think the bullpen's certainly been a strength. They've bailed us out a couple times, and they've, you know, they've kept games close that we've come back to win. So it's uh, it's certainly been a strength for us already. And we'll end on this: the runner on second and extra innings has brought so much drama, so many different moves, so much strategy. I, I love it, and, and some of the old guard I've even heard that they're starting to come around on it. Uh, how do you feel about it? Well, we're three and zero, aren't we? So I must love it. <laughs> um, I, I've really liked it. I, look, there's nothing more frustrating or more disruptive in my position than a 17 inning game where you got to make player moves, guys get options, cost someone's a job, cost someone a job in the big leagues, and then if you lose at the end of 17, 17 innings, what what was the point? So. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I've been a fan of this for a couple of years while they were doing it in the minor leagues. Our minor league managers were telling me that it was great. And, uh, you know, I hope it's here to stay. Obviously, a lot of things are just kind of being thrown against the wall during this this season. But I, I think, you know, at some point we're going to come out on the losing end. It's going to it's going to feel crappy. But um, but I, I think it's good for everyone involved. And like I said, if you. You know, you, you look at someone maybe at the back end of the bullpen who throws four or five innings in extras, and then you got to get swap them out for a fresh arm. And it's just, you know, it, it's not the way things were intended. So our guys have done a great job, uh, you know, going back to Birch in that first game um, opening night, and, and the JB did a great job in extras. So I think we've handled it really well. Yeah, I can't imagine what it's like for you. Like, you, you play X amount of innings, like just say 17 innings, and it's like – 145 in the morning you now to go you got to go find an arm but your triple a team let's say in nashville in a different time zone how the heck you gonna get a guy from nashville i mean that's got to be crazy no it's always the roughest thing it's the hardest on mickey to be honest because he's he's the one who's got to go out and figure out how to get guys places but yeah i mean there's a bunch we had a a day game against the White Sox a couple of years back. Trevino had just been called up and he pitched great in extras. We won in 17 and it wasn't even the middle of the night, but we're still, you know, nobody wants to send Lou out because he just came up and just did a great job to help us get a W. But 
you got to figure out how to win the next two days. And it just, it, it adds, it adds a lot of complications that uh, I'm happy to be without when we're uh, starting game, starting extra innings with a runner on second. Well, it's a great start for your ball club. And of course, I know how much you like playing the San Francisco Giants. So the next three days are going to be fun. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Chris. Looking forward to it. David Force, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. And oh, yeah, you're kidding yourself if you don't think the A's want to beat these guys bad. I can tell you how Melvin feels. I can tell you how Forrest feels. I can tell you how Bean feels. But it's like that in – there's only four markets. Well, I actually I, – you know what? I'm going to say five. I always say four. It's really five. You got New York. You got L.A. You got Chicago. You got the Bay Area. And really, you got our nation's capital in Baltimore. Those two teams hate each other, too, and that's that's more of a newer rivalry. What do they call that, the Beltway something? Yeah, it's the – I think it's the – it's not the battle – is it not the battle of the Beltway. Um, where's the professor, Matt Pearl, and you need him? That's his area. Uh, you know where the professor is? He's at some cabin right now. He's probably three sheets to the wind. Orioles, Nats, rivalry name. I want to say it's Battle of the Beltway Beltway Series. There it is. The Beltway Series is what they call that there. And between the Orioles – hold on, let me rephrase that. Between the playoff potentially bound Orioles and the reigning World Series champions who might not make the playoffs who are playing right now. Well, they were playing a suspended game uh, that was they were resuming from yesterday. The Orioles were – let's see, they were – did they end up winning? Yes, they ended up winning 6-2, the Orioles did, so – uh, it's they're off to a great start, and that's a good. You're right though with all the different series that they have, and with that in Chicago, New York, here, it's L.A. I, I love watching the the two market teams go at it because it's. I love watching the teams that are always the lesser underappreciated teams that always end up being. Well, there's the, always somebody who's there's always somebody who is is feels that they're sliding. There's always one that feels they're sliding. Right. I mean, that's I mean, obviously, it's going to be the Mets. If if the hatred in these five areas. Who do you think hates the opposition the most? So if you really if you really had to think about it. okay, New York, Chicago, Southern California, Bay Area and our nation's capital. Who hates the other who which rivalry is the most heated? If I had to pick one, it's between and two. And it's not between the players by the way. Players could give a damn. Okay? I'm just telling you right now they don't care. Oh, yeah, yeah it's between two. I, I think it's Yankees, Mets or it's it's Cubs and and uh the Southsiders. I think those are the, those would be the two. I would go I Cubs, think, White I don't Sox. I think Yankees Mets. I don't I I would disagree. So you, I think Yankee fans are so arrogant. They look, Mets are like, they're 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 trash. Get out of here. I don't think I think I think that is so one sided. Um, I think it's also one sided. L A versus Anaheim. I mean, L A looks down at Anaheim like that's what people got to realize. They're not Los Angeles. They're Orange County, and L A looks down at them and goes, Angels. So I think you take New York. I, I think number one is Chicago. 
I've actually experienced that. I have actually been to Wrigley Field for a White Sox-Cubs game. They truly hate each other. And I think kind of the difference is that they're all in Chicago. I mean, they're all in Chicago, if that makes sense. I don't even know if that even makes sense. But White Sox and Cubs fans hate each other. Hate each other. I think number two is us. You know, it wasn't for the you know the Giants' recent success. Before that, the A's had every, all the bragging rights. I think there is a total hatred between Oakland and San Francisco. East Bay versus non-East Bay. You know, San Francisco, Peninsula, you know, go, into, go a little north, Sausalito, Tiburon. I think there's a total difference between the East Bay mentality and that other side of the bay. I would go Chicago one, Bay Area number two. I'm taking the the Beltway, whatever it is, out. They're number five. And I would have to go New York three, Southern California four. Yeah, I agree with you about uh, L.A. Um, why, why would the Dodgers look at the Angels like, oh, hey, you guys you guys are usually usually pretty good. Not really. You're best, you have the best player in the game, and you've won zero playoff games with him. Zero. Now, to the defense, if we're looking at um, – if we're just doing some uh, revisionist history right now, uh, Cody Bellinger is not off to a great start for the Dodgers, but Mookie Betts is. And – the Dodgers are gonna are, are gonna wipe the. They're, I think they still probably sweep the Angels. I mean, I'll, I'll throw that out there, right? I think they'll sweep the Angels this weekend, but they, they don't view them as a rival. I view the Padres more of a rival. Maybe. I mean, they're they're better this year. That's why I'm doing it more based on this year than anything. Well, you could say, hey, well, hey, hey, the Angels won the World Series in 2002. Yeah, but you got to realize how big Los Angeles is. Los Angeles is so massive. Like it's like hard to it's like. Like, it's hard to get your arms around how massive Los Angeles is and Los Angeles County. The humanity, the 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 square footage, and then you got to remember it it goes all the way out to like the Inland Empire, which is like San Bernardino. And the only reason I know this is because my grandmother lived in San Bernardino. San, no offense, to anybody from San Bernardino. Oh my God, but. Then you got all those people. I mean, you'd be amazed if you really, really, really look to see how big Dodger Blue is. It, it, it's crazy. <laughs> Their market is crazy. All right, coming up next, the Hall of Famer. One of the great voices in the history of the game. John Miller is going to join us next right here on A's Cast Live. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly cookies and milk, Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't, because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente, thrive. Visit kp.org today. You don't need to understand how available adaptive variable suspension works or how pre-collision cameras detect pedestrians in low light. You don't need to understand any of the craft that went into the Lexus ES to feel it. 
with outstanding connectivity and standard Lexus Safety System Plus 2.0. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. LSS Plus 2.0 and the pre-collision system with pedestrian detection are not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practices. See owner's manual for additional limitations and details. COVID-19 is more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families. In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship, that we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment, and we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com. This is Chris Townsend. If you're looking for a new mattress, look no further than my friends at nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. You'll get the ultimate mattress for your needs. And green and gold fans, right now, if you use the coupon code Oakland, you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's use the coupon Oakland to get an entire 10% off your order. Remember, nestbedding.com, America's favorite online mattress brand with stores around the Bay Area and around the country. You need a new mattress? You go to nestbedding.com. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. If you're looking for some beautiful outdoor dining, then look no further than the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Come try the world-famous chicken pie dinner that has been served in Southern California for over 80 years and one of the most dynamic menus in Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop also has a full takeout menu and delivery. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. Don't forget, they can also deliver beer, wine, and spirits. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. Hi, I'm Kathy Adams, president of the Oakland African American Chamber of Commerce. As the impact of COVID-19 grows, OAACC believes it is important that the African American community hears directly from us in regards to mitigation efforts you may enact it to reduce the risk to your family and loved ones. Recent data reveals African Americans are dying from COVID-19 at disproportionate rates than other groups. Experts cite diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and lung disease as factors. It is imperative that we institute safeguard measures listed on the OAACC website. We will be conducting virtual forums with African-American experts sharing how we must conduct ourselves during this pandemic. OAACC has taken up the mantle to be caretakers for our community. Visit us at OAACC.org. Hi, this is Shamanaya. Shamanaya has no hit the Red Sox. And you're listening to A's Cast, your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. Don't tell me we're calling John Miller on this millennial technology. We are. I gave him the heads up on how it works. He was texting me back with emojis yesterday. He's hip. He knows what he's doing. I was, Let's do it. I, I I can only I was I was so blown away that uh he was using emojis texting me. Then I looked and I was like, he's only sixty eight. Him and Ken are like the same age. Yeah. It's John Miller. Hello, I'm John Miller. It's one of the greatest stories I've ever heard before. I'll explain it some other time. I mean, all those years, bulk <laughs> junior. You think of all the all those years, Sunday night baseball, all the World Series. You talk about one of the great careers. John, how are you? It's Chris Townsend with the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Chris. 
You know, we were just reminiscing about some of the good old days from all the years in Baltimore, uh, Sunday Night Baseball. I can't tell you how much I miss you and Joe Morgan on Sunday Night Baseball. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. And we think about what we got going here with this season and COVID-19 and the sprint to the, to the finish. Just talk what it's like, what it's been like for you guys so far with the Giants. Well, I'm just like Ken Korak and, and the A's broadcasters. Uh, we, even though we're in the ballpark and the Giants are actually in the ballpark tonight, we're still not with them. So it's really difficult to know what it's been like for them because we're totally separated from them all the time. But uh, I think the, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm sure the A's feel the same way about it, are being very uh, cognizant of being accountable to their teammates of not doing anything that could possibly put anybody else in the group uh, in harm's way. We, we saw what happened with Cleveland the other day when a couple of their starting pitchers sort of uh, snuck out of the hotel and uh, uh, they were found out and, and now they're, they're gone from the club, at least for the time being. So, uh, you know, this is just uh, something that is so insidious that, uh, anybody can catch it anywhere. Uh, Bill Shaken, the outstanding columnist with the LA Times, I saw a column he wrote today about coming down with the virus himself. And uh, he's not been traveling. He's not been doing anything. He doesn't even go to the grocery stores. Uh, his daughter has done the shopping for him. And, uh, and yet he still came down with it. So it, it can happen in just an instant. And uh, the virus finds a way. So Anyway, so, uh, so far, so good with the Giants since they got started with the spring training 2.0 and the hopefully with all the traveling and whatnot, and now they're home. And, and they haven't been home that much anyway. This, this is the seventh home game, or will be the seventh home game, out of 21 games for the Giants. So they've spent 70% of the schedule on the road so far. And it's really weird the way the schedule has been working. Now they'll play 11 of their next 13 games here at Oracle Park. So where the ball has been carrying well, and who knew? It came from Houston where it was, what, 98 degrees and humid, and they, they get out here for batting practice today, and it's 97, and it feels a little bit humid here too. Go figure. Yeah, we've been we've been watching these box scores, and you're like, when did Oracle Park become a hitter's ballpark? Well, you know, it's a funny thing, uh, and, and Mike Kruko uh, pointed this out before – the first game that was here with Oakland, the exhibition game about what, what, what was that? Three weeks ago, I guess. And uh, that because they closed up those archways in right field, the 24 foot high wall in right field, the 20 foot high wall in right center, uh, there are several archways there. And the ones in the right field wall have always been open. So that people passing by on what they call the port walk on the, the waterfront beyond the ballpark out there, could just walk in and look in through the wire fence and watch the game for a while. And uh, so the city said, well, that's, we're not going to have that. Nobody's going to be allowed to ballpark to begin with. So you can't have all these people jamming in into tight spaces to watch the ball game that way. So, so that's all been closed up and uh, they had these big iron gates that have been closed. But what happened with those uh, archways is that the, the prevailing winds have, they kind of blow out across from right field out toward left field on a normal night here. Uh, but those also would get funneled through those archways so that 
no matter which way the flags were blowing, the, the right fielder would always feel wind at his back. And the, the, those winds would knock balls down to right field. This, uh, Barry Bonds, notwithstanding, this has never been a very good ballpark for a left-handed pull hitter. J.T. Snow, one year, uh, maybe the second year this park was open, hit one home run here the whole season. This was a guy who'd been hitting 24, 28, uh, always around 20 home runs a year. He still hit his 10 home runs on the road, only one at home. So then we really we knew that there was something going on out there. And, and that's just been uh, the way it is. And uh, so we saw in that exhibition with, with the athletics, the ball was carrying out uh, to right field extremely well. And, and it continued in the, the first homestand with San Diego in here and then the Texas Rangers. So uh, now I'm, I'm expecting tonight the ball is going to carry well because it would anyway when it's 97 degrees. I don't know what time, what temperature will be at game time at 645. But uh, when, it's, when it's warm, this park is always played small. Uh, or when the, there's no wind blowing, the, the park is, has played small. There's wind blowing out towards San Francisco Bay, which also is kind of a hitter's wind. And without those winds coming in through the archways, I'm anticipating the ball really jumping, which Oakland's got a lot of power, so that, that should work out well for the athletics. The Hall of Famer John Miller, Ford C. Frick Award winner and National Radio Hall of Famer, joins us here on A's Cast Live. And there's just always something special about when the A's and the Giants get together and the rivalry and the fans, but obviously they're not going to be in the ballpark. And I've talked to Ken and Vince about this because it's the first time in their career they've called games off monitors. Now, we've seen it with a lot of Olympic broadcasts or like the Pac-12 network. Uh, what's it been like for you to be calling games off a monitor and in a stadium that just doesn't have fans in it? Well, somebody must have figured who was making the schedules up that we needed a lot of work on it because, uh, like I say, 14 of the first 20 games have been road games where we've been doing them from right here off the TV monitor. So we got a lot of practice. Uh, the one thing, the, the, the wrench that got thrown into the whole mix was uh, the three of the first four games we did when the season started uh, in L.A. were on network television. And apparently all the things that were promised us, uh, to us and, and Vince and Ken and everybody else, uh, we're not being delivered by the networks. The networks uh, have other priorities. So, uh, I mean, the first night we got the, the worst feed that we could have imagined. And it was delayed. Uh, the guy would hit a ground ball and then they wouldn't cut to a shot of where it was supposed to, you know, where it went. I finally, one ground ball I said to Dave, says, well, they didn't show where it went, Dave. Do you have any idea? <laughs> any any guesses <laughs> on that? And he said, uh, well, let me check the, uh, the stat cast here. And uh, he says, oh, it says it was a ground ball to short. And I said, okay, ground ball to short. And then what happened? He says, oh, well, I guess he got thrown out. So, and I guess he's been thrown out, one away. So uh, anyway, the, uh, uh, so the, if, they, if they're not going to show you what's going on, then we're, we're really screwed. But uh, uh, apparently ESPN that first night, some technician there, uh, not realizing that that was our lifeline to what was going on, uh, plugged in the wrong thing, and, and we weren't getting the, the actual game feed. So uh, the second game we had... Uh, the uh, I think it was Fox Network was doing the game, and I would see the pitch thrown, but before the guy actually threw the pitch, I'd hear the crack of the bat in my headphones, and which is really disconcerting when the guy hasn't thrown the pitch yet. So now I know that the ball's been hit, 
but I haven't even seen the pitch thrown yet. And so I have, we had these other monitors. So I'd start looking at these other monitors, the all nine, you know, where we could see the whole field, trying to figure out if I could see where the ball was hit. And it was just so screwed up. And finally we just said, well, we, we better just try to eliminate hearing the crack of the bat and just do it off the, 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 the delayed monitor. So, which is not ideal anyway. And, and I, I couldn't, I kept seeing out of the corner of my eye, the pitch being thrown and the guy hitting the ball. So I'd say, there's a swing and I, uh, and uh, but sometimes I actually could make it out on that that big wide shot from up above home plate, and sometimes I couldn't. So uh, anyway, uh, so I, I'm sure I just sound like a a total uh, amateur doing my first game, but uh, it was very very disheartening. But anyway, since we've been done with those network things, uh, I think we haven't really had those kind of problems. Uh, although there are the vagaries of the telecast coming from these different cities, and sometimes you realize when you're dependent on them. You like what they're doing, and sometimes you don't. So uh, there's an appeal. The, the guy, a check swing, and they appeal to the third base umpire. Well, where's the shot of the third base umpire? Come on. Uh, what did he call it? Let's let's see it. And, uh, you know, so they, they, now tomorrow, I believe, is a Fox game. So maybe we're all, and Vince and uh, Ken and, and me and Dave, we'll, we'll all be uh, in the same boat with delays and not getting what we need, except we'll have the one advantage, uh, Townie, which is, we're here. We can just look at the field and broadcast what we're seeing in the game. Sort of an old-time broadcast. How about that? But Ken and uh, uh, Vince over there in Oakland on the TV monitors, good luck to him. John, you're one of the greatest of all time. For God's sakes, you could just tell stories and Giants fans would be happy. Well, we'll have some stories to tell about this, uh, the year of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I, I was reading up about the uh, – the Spanish flu, you know, the influenza pandemic of 1918. Did you see the Sports Illustrated uh, article where they, they they used an actual writer of the day who was covering the Red Sox with the Boston Globe, and uh, they wrote it as if he were sending a series of, of letters about what happened then back to all of us in the present day. And, uh, and, and a lot of it was based on stuff that he actually wrote that year. But... Uh, the pandemic wasn't, didn't really become the pandemic until after the baseball season was over, except the, the whole thing did not start in Spain. The, the influenza started somewhere in Kansas or whatever on a military base. And when those soldiers got sent to Europe for World War I, that's how it got to Europe. And it began spreading like wildfire on battlefields and, and, and base, you know, military bases and whatnot. But the Babe and the Red Sox, in 1918, we're on a road trip on a train uh, heading to St. Louis, maybe for a series with the St. Louis Browns or whatever it was. And there were, there was a whole car full of soldiers and they were heading to New York to get on ships and be shipped out to, to Europe for World War One. And so the babe was a very gregarious, outgoing guy, even as a young man, as he was then. And he spent the whole trip in that car with those soldiers uh, shaking hands and signing autographs and talking baseball and finding out about them. And, and, and they just loved it. And uh, so when the Red Sox got home on that, from that train trip, the babe came down with the, and they didn't know what it was because they'd never seen anything like it. And it almost surely was that flu because there had never been a strain of flu like that, that anybody had ever seen. The babe was hospitalized and they gave it, they thought maybe it was tonsillitis and something to, to do with his tonsils. 
and they had some kind of a, a silver or something or other that they would put the coat the tonsils with, and it got down his throat and into his system and almost killed him. Uh, the, the, the cure was truly worse than the illness. So he was hospitalized for days and lost a bunch of weight and whatnot. So that was the, probably the first effects felt of that pandemic uh, in the U.S. And then they stopped that season a month early, but not because of the flu. Like I said, the pandemic had not hit in the U.S. just yet, and, uh, but because of the war. And they, they, the Department of the Defense said that, or the Secretary of Defense said that uh, baseball players were not essential personnel to keep their jobs, and they needed to report to their military recruiters and go into the war effort. So baseball shut down a, a month early. They had the World Series right after the uh, Labor Day or right after the 1st of September. The Red Sox won it the last time they won it for 86 years, and the Bay was a huge star, a big reason why they won it. And then it was literally maybe within two weeks that people started dying in Boston. And even that World Series itself may have been a super spreading event. The people who went to Fenway Park for those games uh, getting all together to root on the Red Sox, uh, that might have been where the, the, the huge super spreading uh, effect began. And Boston became the epicenter of, of that pandemic in the U.S. So the, the, the real uh, disaster of that whole pandemic occurred after baseball was finished. But the, uh, so the, those were, that was then, and, and here we are now. And, and they're playing games against all odds and trying to stay healthy. And so far in, in the West, the two Western divisions, things have worked out well. There have been no incidents, uh, unlike the Cardinals. Cardinals have still only played five games. Can you imagine the, the number of games they have to play to make, to, to make up, to, to even come close to 60? So, uh, anyway, crazy year. Let's end on this. Take us back to 1974, and you're, you're giving tapes to our good friend Monty Moore. And the A's are at the start of this dynasty, and it's a World Series year. It's a really, really special year. What was that season like for you, the fact that you got the gig and Monty Moore and this great team? I, I was such a kid. I was 22 years old. I, I was at a TV station in Santa Rosa, California. I was the sports director, Channel 50, and they went broke. They went off the air in August of 73. So I went down to Candlestick Park and taped a couple of games. The Giants played the Phillies. Uh, a friend of mine, Renee White, uh, who lives here in the Bay Area, was uh, a, a director at that station. He brought the equipment and sent, he set up in a, an empty booth. And I started sending tapes out to all the AAA teams in the country. And any big league team that I read had an opening. I figured, well, they probably won't get hired by any big league teams, but why not? At least they'll maybe can hear my stuff and put me uh, on their radar. And the, the one team I wasn't going to send anything to was Charlie Finley for the A's because he had fired Jim Woods, who was an outstanding broadcaster, very popular. Uh, when he got fired, he got hired by the Red Sox and worked with Ned Martin. And they were one of the most popular tandems in the radio booth in Red Sox history to this day. So it worked out well for, for Jim Woods. But uh, uh, so I, I thought, you know, if I don't send the tape, then, of course, I won't get the job. I probably should just go ahead, even though I'm sure I won't get the job. I'll, I, that's, I, I better just send one just to cover all my bases. And who knew? that was It was a good lesson to learn, I guess, because that's the one I got. And Monty Moore had this uh, ethic where if somebody took the time to 
make a tape, then the least he could do was take the time to listen to their tape. Now, he might only listen to the first 45, 60 seconds or whatever, where he might say, well, this guy's, this guy's not going to be hired. But uh, so he listened to my, and he never heard of me. I'd never met him. And uh, he thought, well, this guy says he's a local sportscaster in Santa Rosa. I w- seemed like I would have met him. He was very dubious, very skeptical about that. But then he heard the tape and he liked it. And uh, he called me in and sat down with me for three or four hours and picked my brain to find out who I was, asked me to bring a tape of, of that full game, of that, a giant Phillies game that I taped in Candlestick Park the previous August. And, uh, and then he went home and he listened to the whole thing, three hours worth. And called me the next morning, asked me to come back in. It's the only time that that's ever happened uh, in, in my career, that somebody listened to a whole game like that. But he wanted to be sure. He wanted to hear all the situations and, and really feel like if I had the ability or not. So I was always very proud of that, that I got that job. And uh, uh, like I said, it never happened again. Usually they, they hear your tape or they know who you are and they, they make you the offer. But uh, not that the offer was a big offer. But uh, it certainly was plenty big enough for me. Uh, at Channel 50, I was, I'd been making $500 a month. So and let me just tell you, uh, Ray, it was way more than that. You know, so uh, I, w- I was in Fat City. And they won two straight World Series. They were the best team in baseball. They had basically the same club coming back in 74. And they won the whole thing again for the third consecutive year. One of the great teams of all time, which really has never gotten its just due. Yeah, there's no question about that. John, it is always an honor to have you on the program. Thank you so much for the time. Have a great call tonight, and good luck with that national feed tomorrow on Fox. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. Well, at least we'll be at the park so we can actually see the game, unlike Ken and uh, and uh, uh, the whole group over there. And and I, I just – I'm. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe Fox has gotten that worked out by now and they'll be fine. But uh, uh, anyway, the uh, uh, we're just happy to have a game and actually to broadcast and that we're at to be at the game. It's such a novelty. So anyway, here we go. Thank you, John. Be well and be safe. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. You, you as well. Thanks a lot. The great John Miller right here on A's Cast Live. How good was that story? Monty Moore. Bringing our old guy, Monty. We haven't talked to Monty in a while. Uh, it's it's almost time to bring him back. I mean, we had him for, what, like 20 minutes when we had him on last time? He's 90 years old, and he's talking for 20 minutes like he, like he was just doing a normal interview. You would never know he's 90. And I, I, I think, like, halfway through the interview with when with John, I texted you. I said, so when do you think we'll get to an actual game question? No, who cares? <laughs> uh, I know. You got to think, like, in my lifetime, there's really been two voices of the game. Vin Scully and John Miller. Like, I think back, like, growing up, you know, there's going to be Gargiola and Quebec and all these guys. But to me, I think of Vin Scully. And then, I mean, John Miller did the World Series and did Sunday Night Baseball for how many years? 20, 21 years. I mean, all the big calls for 20-something years that you heard the replay of was John Miller and Joe Morgan. Every Sunday night, barbecuing, it's John Miller and Joe Morgan. Two Hall of Famers. I mean, I miss him on Sunday. I always I always loved him on Sunday Night Baseball. 
I agree 100%. I used I told you I used to listen to I, I always remember back to when the Red Sox were playing the Yankees in the ALCS and then eventually when the Yankees were playing in the World Series in 03 against the Marlins, I listened to the, the ESPN radio feed because I wanted to hear John Miller and, and Joe Morgan because I enjoyed them so much. And Sunday Night, Base, or Sunday Night Baseball, I remember when they were calling an Indians-Mariners game and the Mariners ended up scoring like 13 runs and coming back from a huge deficit. And John, I mean, I just, I grew in love with the game because those were the guys I heard on the national broadcast. And then we had both of those guys on this very program in the last year, and it's like come full circle for me to hear two of the guys growing up. Besides, you know, outside of the the Pirates guys I listened to and some of the stuff I heard from Ken and, and Bill King, but uh, you're right. There's only really been two true voices of baseball, and it's been Vince Scully and John Miller. So uh, it'll be exciting to see who the next next crop of those guys are coming up. It's it's crazy to say that that guy might be somewhere in my age group, but. Uh, I'm so glad that John's still calling games, and and he sounds like he's uh, gonna be doing it for a while longer still. So it's, I'm glad to see he's still here and in and, and in the Bay Area. Well, yeah, uh, our broadcast teams. I mean, you think of how long, you know, you've had Crook and Kite for years. I tell you what, the up and comers, Dave Fleming. Fleming, did you hear Flem doing the? Uh, and next time we have Flem, I uh, got to tell him he did a really, really good job with golf. He was a part of the PGA uh, out at Harding. I thought, like, all of a sudden I was listening, I'm like, is that Dave Fleming? He did golf and baseball that day. He did golf during the day and baseball at night. Think about that. Fleming, <laughs> Fleming was really, really good. Yeah, he's he's very talented. And I, I remember, I mean, he's been doing it for – he's been doing the Giants and, and college football with ESPN and everything with ESPN for a long time. And he's – He's extremely talented. I, I know a guy a lot of people like is the is Joe Davis from the the Dodgers, who's, who essentially is the guy that replaced Vin. It's him and Oral on the broadcast for TV, and he does a nice job. And he's young. He's like I think he's my age. He might even be younger than I am. And though and those are guys that you know that are going to be the the new voices of baseball going forward. So it's always good to see up and coming broadcasters learning from you know the legends in the industry like Ken and John Miller and and. Vin, when he was calling games, you got Mike Shannon in, in St. Louis, the great um, Bob Uecker in, in Milwaukee, Dave Van Horn in Miami. There's so many good radio voices in baseball still, and it's, it's really good to see Eric Nadell, our friend in Texas. So uh, if you want to become a young broadcaster in baseball, there's a lot of good people to listen to in the sport. I still can't believe the train deadlines in two weeks. Question is, who's the biggest name moved at the deadline? Will we even see a lot of moves? I don't. I mean, well, who are you going to move? I, I think the Red Sox are going to do something. Who? Uh, who wants to take? Who wants to? Who's taking on salary? It's a fair point. I just think that the guy, like, who right now in Major League Baseball, where you're relying purely on television money, and have no idea what the CBA is going to look like next year. Well, actually, that will be – this year will be negotiated. Well, it could go into next year. You don't know what the CBA is going to be. You're just living off TV money. Who Who's going to say – like the guy going tonight, Johnny Cueto. What's what, what's Cueto make a year? Like 22 or 21, yeah, something 21 like that? 21 this year, 22 next year, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like who's like, yeah, yeah, sweet. Sign me up for – 25 games and taking on that salary. 
well, for like, the next couple of years. Like the biggest guys that can be moved to the deadline, if you look at it, are all guys that make a ton of money. Him and J.D. Martinez. There are so many guys that could get moved that make that make so much money. Like I don't think we're going to see Lindor moved. I don't think we're going to see Bryant moved, especially not Bryant now with the way the Cubs are playing. They're the best team in baseball. I don't think. I, I, I don't think. I, I, I will. I will say it. What, what is the date today? August fourteenth. I'm saying no big names get moved. There's 16 teams, okay? There's 16 teams that are going to the postseason. Who on a crap team is a big name that can be moved? Hmm. I mean, I always go back to Josh Bell at the Pirates, but he's not having a very good year. Jorge Soler, but the Royals are only a couple games Bell's out of it. not making any money. No, not at all. And Soler's making okay money, but I think he has another year left on his deal. He did lead the AL in home runs last year, but the I think the Royals are 8-11, and 11, so they're, like, kind of still in it. They're not out of it yet. Like, no team's really out of it. The Pirates are not even out of it, and they're 4-13. and 13. I mathematically eliminated them myself already. Wait, but... wait. JT Mar- J.D. Martinez, does he have a no trade? Uh, I never actually looked to see if he had one. Yeah, before you start throwing his name out there, he's got that hundred twenty something million dollar contract. He may have a no trade in there. I mean, I know he opted in for this year, but that was smart because he was making all that money. I mean, he's in two thirty two this year, two home runs, nine RBIs for the Red Sox. Oh right. yeah, let me take on that contract. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't see. I just don't see a big name, especially big money getting traded. I just, I just, I, I kind of think it's got like, look at, look at what David, David Forrest told us. He got a text and he was like shocked. Like, Oh my God, trading deadline. These guys are so focused on right now. Like unless somebody's out there who's willing to take on a boatload of cash for 25 games and beyond. I mean, I just don't see it. All right. Coming up next. It's the Bob Melvin show. The skipper of your Oakland Athletics will join us right here on A's Cast Live. It's more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families. In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship. That we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment. And we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly, cookies and milk, Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't, because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente. Thrive. Visit kp.org today. Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We have plans to fit every budget, with speeds up to a gig, all at Xfinity.com. We'll ship you a self-install kit on us to make setup quick, safe, and easy. No tech visit required. And our simple digital tools will help you manage your account online, at Xfinity, we're committed to keeping you connected. Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. 
This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. If you're looking for some beautiful outdoor dining, then look no further than the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Come try the world-famous chicken pie dinner that has been served in Southern California for over 80 years and one of the most dynamic menus in Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop also has a full takeout menu and delivery. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. Don't forget, they can also deliver beer, wine, and spirits. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. Chevron and its brands are committed to reliably providing fuel to customers, even during an emergency. The safety and health of workers, customers, and the communities where Chevron operates are primary concerns. In Northern California, Chevron and Texaco stations are open for business, supplying quality fuels in a safe manner. You don't need to understand how available adaptive variable suspension works or how pre-collision cameras detect pedestrians in low light. You don't need to understand any of the craft that went into the Lexus ES to feel it. With outstanding connectivity and standard Lexus Safety System Plus 2.0. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. LSS Plus 2.0 and the pre-collision system with pedestrian detection are not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practices. See owner's manual for additional limitations and details. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All right, what's the schedule today? I had I finally had an off day, and now I'm just I, I'm just completely. So we go till around five thirty ish, and then itch. pregame will start uh, around. Uh, pregame starts at five fifty. First pitch is at six forty five. I I need uh, I need to get back to that six ten start. I'm really enjoying the six ten start. I gotta look to see when we when that happens again. I th- maybe when we go to Houston next. I have to look to see when we go to Houston again. The six ten starts beautiful. I mean, I'm done by ten thirty. It's great. Well, in a couple weeks, you have a couple. You have three straight five oh five starts, and then a four oh and then a four oh seven start. Oh, I can't wait! It's gonna be great. And then a six ten start against the Astros. That whole week is that's a. Oh. It's a dream week. Kind of getting used to this schedule, by the way. So when they go like, oh, yeah, hey, next year, uh, back to getting in traffic and going up to Oakland every game. I don't know. I mean, I think we're doing a pretty good job covering the ball club. Uh, remotely. Remotely. <laughs> yeah. With all these uh, ring central interviews, I mean, we're getting everything we kind of need, right? I mean, I, I think so. I mean, plus we can, we have no set length on how long we can go with our interviews, so. It's perfect. When you're on the field, you can only get a certain amount of time with guys where if they're calling you at 11 a.m. like some of the players do, we can talk to them for as long as we want. We talked to Liam for, what, 20 minutes the other day? I got my air conditioning in here. I mean, it's about a nice uh, – it's about 60-something degrees in the old uh, away A's townie studio. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. Do you see what I'm holding – do you see my phone? Do you see what the temperature it's 100, is? It's 102 in our neck of the woods. Yeah, so, so the San Jose Earthquakes tweeted out uh, – uh, they had a thing on. I saw it on Twitter that it, wherever they're at, wherever the person was at, it says it was 108 degrees in San Jose. 108. Well, we played golf yesterday. Oh, it was uh, up at old Center Bar Hills. It was uh, it, it was steamy. Sorry for the invite. You didn't get the invite, Cody. I'm, I, I, was, I mean, Center Bar's not that far from me either. That's okay. Yeah, sorry, but well, you know. 
lower level uh, employees. Actually, I was there last year. Uh, I think a year ago, two sorry, two years ago, I was there for an event. All the events are gone. Yeah, that's true. Like all these golf, all these golf courses that like print money with weddings. Can you imagine? Well, you could imagine because you're engaged. Can you imagine you had your wedding scheduled? Uh, I've had a few friends that had that happen. Where they had what did they do? Um, Just get refunds and say good luck. Well, try to get next year. I had a friend that was supposed to get married in October, and they postponed it. And they're going to try it, you know, later on. Uh, we were we were actually shooting for our wedding. We're shooting for next November. So November. Where? Uh, I think we're going to do it in Monterey. To be honest, we found really? a, we found a place in Monterey we really liked. So that's what we're looking. We're aiming for November of next year. I know this sounds awful. So I want to I want to throw that out there first so it doesn't shock people that I know this is not nice and it's maybe wrong. How many people that are engaged it doesn't make it till next year. Huh. Well, I think I'll be okay because um I mean if you're I mean I you're stuck with the same person in the house for so long. Uh, we've been okay. See, it works out for me because my fiance Dina is a nurse, so she works a lot. Like she worked a double shift the other day, so I didn't see her for like two days essentially. So where people are on each other all day, every day. I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not questioning you. No, no, I'm I know. I know. Your love. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> all the people that you know are supposed to get married in July. You know, June, July, maybe August. Honeymoon. We're going to the Bahamas, or we're going to we're going to Thailand, or. We're going to, you know, we're going to Puerto Vallarta, wherever people go to get the, their their honeymoon. How many people's uh, that old uh, relationship doesn't make it into old twenty twenty two? God bless them. For go, good luck to everyone out there who had to postpone and. I should say twenty twenty one. Yeah, who everyone had to do it because, I mean, it stinks. Like we were looking to do it earlier than November. But we had to push everything back because of because of COVID and, and everything. So I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not complaining about it. I mean, it's a better chance to save money and you know make sure that that everyone's gonna be safe and healthy to be at the wedding. Like I have, I parents, my my family has to come from the East Coast. Well, when I say family, it's just my mom and dad. But are they are they are they actually gonna come out for number two? Uh, yes, uh, that'll be the that'll that'll be my parents' second trip ever to California <laughs> for your. Second wedding in California. Yeah, well, I only said the third time. The, I, I plan on doing it three times, so we'll see. Yeah, good luck to you. That's a total joke. Uh, it is now time because this is the only way you get it. I mean, Bob Melvin will do interviews other places every once in a while, but every single week, it's the Bob Melvin Show. You only get it here on Ace Cast and Ace Cast Live. Here is our weekly conversation with the skipper. It is time now for the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live, and it's brought to you by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Obviously, big fans of the green and gold. You go to Nest Bedding, and you use the coupon code Oakland, and you get 10% off your entire order. That's nestbedding.com. Skip, been a wild week. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a wild week. You know, in a year when it seems like nothing is normal and you're trying to get used to things that you never have had to get used to before, a couple more things pop up. So it has been a wild week for us, but we're off to a pretty good start. 
last couple of days haven't been so great for us, but, uh, you know, we'll continue to plow through. You know, I, this is how I view it long term. Obviously, whatever, suspensions and, you know, whatever. I view this as the Houston Astros are the most vulnerable we've seen them in years. They've got issues with, with Verlander being out, Osuna being out, Cole and Miley gone, and just the mentality of the A's. When you've got a player like Ramon Laureano, he shouldn't have done it. We can all admit that. But the fact that he did it, like I'll take on the entire dugout. And the fact that you sweep them, I do believe in baseball you can send messages. And the Astros have been the cream of the crop the past couple of years. I got a feeling, and I don't know, did you get this feeling that your ball club wanted to send a message, we've had it and things have changed? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they've, they've handed it to us the last couple of years. You know, we've had good years, and they've been, you know, the one block uh, in, in the way, obviously. And, you know, we targeted that first series. We knew when they were coming in, we really wanted to play well leading up in, in that series. And um, so it was a pretty emotional series, even though you don't have people in the stands, as you saw, you know, at the end there with Ramon, it was very emotional. And, and uh, we ended up uh, doing exactly what we hoped to do. So if messages are sent, uh, yes or no, I think the biggest message that we could have sent was beat them three in a row. You know, I don't want you to comment on their coach and his suspension. I mean, that, that has to be, be dealt with with their organization in Major League Baseball. But we can talk about the protocol of coaches, of your staff, of the medical staff, of the people who are in dugout, because we were basically told before the season that it's your guys' job to not only to pr- protect yourselves, but to protect everybody else. And, you know, I, I keep saying it. We're hanging on by a thread here trying to get this done, and we should all, or you all, should be looking after each other, whether it's your team or even the opposing team. We're all in this thing together. Is that something that you preach to your staff and your guys? I do. I've always preached to my staff about, look, you should lay off the players. You know, it's, they're, they're the ones that, that make this this game great game go. We're there to, to support them and our guys and, and, you know, to, to criticize the other players, it's just not something I've ever had my coaches do uh, openly. So, and, and to add on to your, to your, to your question, though, I, the most important thing that we can do here is keep the game going. I mean, they're, they're, you know, obviously you want to win. Obviously, uh, that's the focal point when you take the field. But you also want the industry to continue so people have their jobs and that it's not affected dramatically going forward so it is all about keeping this thing going and therefore we are all in this together even including all the teams and and so there's a brotherhood as far as that goes and uh, the most important thing is is making sure we get through the season you know they got a guy on the other team by the name of mike trout i think you've heard of him he's uh he's, he's had a fine yeah, little career he has, and, and I think that I've probably managed more games against him than probably anybody in his career. I know him some. He's a terrific guy. He is a pain, and as you've seen over the years with us, and we try not to get into a situation where he can beat us. Uh, he, he did it with one swing the other night, the tie game with one out. You know, they do they did sign a guy that makes about three or $400 million right behind him to, to protect him, and he's pretty good too, but Man, you, you rarely see, if ever, uh, you know, players like this. I mean, his Willie Mays life 
uh, and he's not he's not close to being done. He's in the prime of his career. In the last 162 games, dating back to September 13, 2018, he's hit 58 home runs, 129 RBIs, 130 runs scored, a 1,094 OPS, 12 stolen bases, and this year alone, he's hitting a home run once every 8.43 at bat. So, take me through what's that like? Because I, you know, the, the, they'll pan the camera and we see you, and you're, you know, you you and Rhino, and you're going through the lineup card and you're making notes. I mean, it's got, it's got to be his name. What is it like for you? You know, he's coming up. It, it's going to happen. What is that like? Well, it's it's not great, <laughs> and. and it, you know, we, we, we always know where he is in the lineup. We always know, you know, especially late in the game, what, what spot he's coming up. And, and you know, when you, when you talk about all those numbers, that's hitting in the three-hole or the two-hole and being the focal guy that you're always trying to give nothing to hit to. So not only is he good, he's good even being kind of pitched around. So it, it almost feels like if you make one mistake in at bat that he's going to take advantage of it, he's that good. So... Yes, I think it's the same with every team, but we play them uh, obviously in the division more than anybody else. Yeah, it's a uh, and it's tough coming off an emotional series like the Astros series, and the fact that you're playing 30 games in 31 days. I mean, you want to push your players; they want to play. Everybody's in this thing. Uh, obviously, your team got off to uh, finally a good start, winning nine in a row. How do you keep the mental focus when you, when you're not only having the grind of playing every single day, but it's wearing the mask. It's doing the testing. It's getting your temperature taken. It's, you know, not much of a life being in a hotel room every day. How do you as a manager, not only manage, but it's almost like you got to be a mental coach too. Yeah, it's taxing, you know, for everybody. Just when you think you're getting used to the protocol, then you go on the road and, and now the protocols change. And, and since we've been on the road last, protocols have changed again. Um, and now there's people in the hotels watching you and so forth. So, you know, you, you, you're best suited to stay in the hotel and go to the ballpark. And uh, the, the best part of the day, obviously, is, is the two and a half, three hours, three and a half hours that you're playing the game. You still have to wear a mask. There's still a lot of things that you have to think about that are unnatural. But at the end of the day, it's playing baseball. We're lucky to be able to do it. And guys love to play. You know, sometimes I have to deal with in the postgame show. People, you know how it works. Uh, why did Bob have this guy in here when this series is coming up? Or why did he pitch this much when he could have got like people don't understand how your pitchers recover. People don't understand what guys you have available. There's some guys you have on a day. They are just not available. Now the fans may think they're available, but the reality is they're just not available. So, what is that like for you versus what outside people are thinking? They have no idea who's good, who's not, and who you can use. Right. And, and look, they, you know, when you go through a nine-game win streak, which typically you're using your best pitchers to win those games because they were pretty much all close games, you can't pitch the same guys every day. And, and to start after an abbreviated summer camp, you have to be cognizant of that too. I mean, two days in a row is plenty. We did use Liam three days in a row one time. I think that's the only time maybe use Merrill, who threw what, just a couple pitches one day. But And then you get into a game like the other night where 
you know, your starters coming out after two and two thirds innings, you know, you have a complete roster and you have to use it. So there are going to be some times where there are going to be some guys in there that you're not used to seeing, but to, to go forward, everybody has to, has to contribute because, it, you know, you, you look at all the other, some of the other teams with the injuries that they're, they're having in their bullpen and using guys too much too early, throwing too many pitches and so forth. So sometimes you just have to wear it and you have to rely on another pitcher. And sometimes it gets done. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, this week, as we're talking to you, uh, our games 44, 43, 42, 41, I mean, when you think about that, we're, we're like 40-something games out. I mean, what, what, what has this experience been like because it's happening so fast? You know, we, we just try to remain in the moment. And, you know, I tried to break it down into 15-game segments. You know, you're going to have four of those over the course of the season. The, the first one was good for us. Our focal point from the very beginning was to get off to a good start. And I think we were, what, 12-3 and three in our first 15 games, which is a good start or, or whatever we were. Um, so now we're into the next wave of that. And then I think when you get to about 20 games from the end, once we get to 40 games, then it'll be a serious sprint. So you try not to look too far out. You try not to, to get anxious because you know there isn't much of a schedule. Um, and then sometimes when you get into a losing streak, uh, you lose a couple games in a row, you start to get a little bit anxious. But at the end of the day, it's all about just going out there and trying to put all your efforts into one particular game. And as I've said often, once you get towards the end, you see the finish line, teams start playing a little differently. So I told our guys right away, even if we don't get off to a great start in the first four, five, six games, don't panic because there is enough games left. We, we have the ability to go on a run, as you saw us win nine games in a row. So I think we try to put things into perspective. Yeah, you guys don't need to panic. Don't worry. On the postgame show, we'll panic for you. Yeah, well, good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, I, each game's worth one in 162. Each game's worth what 2.7. So yes, I'm getting. I'm guessing that, uh, that the post game shows are, are more like 2.7 games instead of one. Well, at one point you'd won 24.3 straight games in a row, Skip. We were very proud of you. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, when you look at this condensed season, is this like the closest thing you think you'll ever get to being in the NFL? I hope so. I mean, you know, baseball, you know, football is all about the lead up into, into one game. And then it's just, just as hard as you can go for the couple hours that you're out there. Baseball is a little bit more of a pace yourself type of game, even though we have certain players here that, that don't look like they're pacing themselves and it's just the way they play. But it, it's all about the grind in baseball and sticking with it and staying away from the emotional swings up and down, trying to stay even keel. It does feel a little different this year because of the abbreviated schedule. But you know what? We're playing baseball, and there was a point where it didn't look like we were going to. And my guess is the postseason could be really fun. You know, once, once we get to that point and, you know, hopefully we're in the postseason, I think – it even ups the ante a little bit more, and I think fans will get into it even more. So looking forward to that, and, and I think it'd be, you know, with the with the new postseason format, I think it'll be really exciting. How much fun is it to sit back and watch Jesus Lazardo pitch? Yeah, man, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's funny, it's lost in the shuffle. You know, Jesus wins his first big league game. And it, it, it really didn't even dawn on me to the next day to go over and congratulate him because 
it feels like he's been here. It feels like he's won like 15 games because of the performance that he's given us and out of the bullpen last year. And this was his first start. It just felt so natural that, uh, you know, it just, you know, it's just who he is and he's going to be around here for a long time. He's a terrific talent and boy, am I glad to have him on my team. No doubt about it. And a, a guy that we can't say enough about, and he's really blossoming into a go-to guy. Uh, obviously, we've talked so much about Frankie Montas, uh, the American League Pitcher of the Week, but the guy is Chris Bassett. I mean, Chris Bassett is really coming into his own. People years ago thought he could be really, really good. Skip, we're finally starting to really see it. We are, and, and we're right before our eyes. I mean, you know, here's a guy that was having trouble going, staying on the roster, going up and down, and, and then finding a role for him. He's starting, he's relieving, he's pitching in and he's pitching long relief. That's really a difficult thing to deal with. But I think where the game's going now and versatility, he finally bought in, finally understood where he was and pitched himself into the position he is right now where when he takes the mound to go out there for a start, we feel like we're going to win. So it's nice to have him on the mound today after losing a couple of games. But, you know, on top of that, he brings a competitiveness, as you can see, to the mound that, that the guys really support and play hard behind. So, uh, you know, we're watching this guy develop before our eyes. And, and, you know, he, to this point, this season, this is his best work. Let's end on this. How nice is it? You got the Giants coming up. You got the D-backs coming up. And I don't have to ask you any questions about your pitchers hitting. Right. And I'm glad you don't. I, I think this format is is right on time for for this season and you know even i think that the national league teams are probably all for it too because you're seeing enough injuries it's, and, and it was such an abbreviated spring that the last thing you want to do is have to get guys ready to hit as well so uh, it's just another thing that you, you don't have to deal with and i think they probably the national league cities are probably uh, enjoying seeing a dh and a, a different kind of baseball as well just one more uh the extra innings runner on second Yay or nay, you like it so far? So far, I like it. I mean, I think we've won three games, so so far I like it. Uh, but it, it's interesting because, you know, you try to think about all the different scenarios and so forth and, and going into it, and each and every game, something else pops up in your head to say, oh, you know what, I didn't think of that. And not only on the offensive end, but the, the defensive portion of it. You know, when you're on the road and you're in the 10th inning and usually – you save your closer for when you when you have a lead. I don't know that there's any way you don't bring him in uh, because there's a man on second. So we we've rethought that too. Uh, you know, as far as how we would use Hendricks on the road, and you know, it, it affects the, the pitching end of it as well. So uh, it's pretty interesting concept. I don't know if this is something that that goes forward, but to this point, I didn't like it going in. I'm I'm warming up to it. All right, Bob, be well, be safe, and uh, keep winning games, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. It's the Bob Melvin Show brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Big fans and supporters of the Green and Gold and Bob Melvin. Right now, you go to their website, use the coupon code Oakland, you get 10% off the entire order. That's nestbedding.com. The Bob Melvin Show, the David Force Show. Where do you get it? Well, you get it right here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live.
as we're getting you ready for the Giants and the A's, the official Baybridge series. Over under four home runs hit tonight at Oracle Park. Over. I think we're going to see the ball fly to the ballpark. John Miller told us how, how warm it is there. I mean, it's 102 in San Jose. If it's 90-something degrees in San Francisco game time, I mean, it, it was – I looked up – I got it. It popped, it popped up on my Snapchat memories. We were at Oracle Park a year ago uh, yesterday when we talked to Farhan and Stephen Vogt and all that when we did the broadcast from Oracle. It was hot then, too. I remember it being really hot in San Francisco. So a year ago, we're back, back to where we were, the Bay Bridge series, and I'm with you. I think more than four home runs are hit uh, tonight, especially with uh, Johnny Cueto on the mound. Um, although he's been pitching pretty well, so we'll see. Well, now let, 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 me, let me give you this. The first two ever games at then Pac Bell Park were two exhibition games. It was the Brewers and then the Yankees. And San Francisco was having a rare heat wave. And the ball, if you remember back when the Yankees, that second game, it was like Bonds went deep, but all the Yankees went deep. I mean, this was when the Yankees were still the Yankees. You know, they had the great core. And you're like, oh, my God, this place is going to be an absolute bandbox. Like, they're going to have a problem. Like, this is going to be horrible. Because right field is so short. But then it became an optical illusion, and it's really cold, and only Bonds could hit home runs there. So, yes, when it's warm, the ball flies out of out of that ballpark. So that's why. And if you tell me Cueto and Lazardo, will either of them go more than five innings? Actually, what, Lazardo's done it twice now? Cueto, uh, I think, has done it well, Clayto had a no hitter going last his last start, and that's when Hunter Pence, um, how about this politely, um, misplayed that ball in left field, and he lost his no hitter against the Dodgers. And we know Lazardo in his professional career—that's minor leagues and major league baseball—has only gone past six innings twice. So, no, it's only gone six innings. Oh yeah, so I meant, yeah, gone six innings twice. So, um, I'm gonna say yes. I think they both go six innings at least. But yet you think there's going to be over four home runs. Well, you can have two, uh, two aside. Then you bring in the Giants' bullpen. I mean, Kapler brings in eight different relievers. Over under nine pitchers used by the Giants tonight. <laughs> Remember, they used 18 in two games. Now, exhibition games. But Gabe Kapler likes to use his bullpen. I've, I've watched a few games of the Giants when the A's were either done or not playing. And they, the way they use their bullpen is just it's, – it's amazing. It's the same three guys every time. You'll see Sean Anderson, uh, uh, Taylor Ro- or Tyler Rogers. Taylor's his brother, the closer for the Twins, and like one other guy come out after the starter. So, I uh, we could maybe see a lot of home runs, especially with the heat going on. I wouldn't be surprised if there's home runs. These starters don't go long. That means it's they're just not a bunch of solo home runs. If you're gonna say there's over four home runs in this game. And one of them might be for Matt Chapman because Matt Chapman right now is in fuego. He's batting 407 with nine extra base hits, four home runs, a 1,074 slugging, and 11 RBIs in the last six games. Is that any good? It's good to see he's he's staying hot. That's what they need. They seem to get Matt Olson hitting more a little more consistently. I know he's hitting home runs, but 
Okay, uh, you want numbers on him? For batting, the batting average fans, I know people are not happy he's not hitting uh, for, for average. Olsen has five hits in his last 31 at-bats. That's a 161 average over the last eight, last eight games. But all five of those hits are home runs. And he does have two homers in three career games against Johnny Cueto. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy shake Louis has not fooled. Matt Olson. Okay, what time we go? I'm all screwed up. Games at what time? 6.45? Yeah, so you're on at 5.50, but we're going to play the new David Force show in between, and it's almost 20 minutes, so we're going we're gonna to need to be off by 5.30. Um, Which you, is what? It's a, that's in two minutes or three minutes. Yeah, it's five, yeah, 5.26, yeah. So we gotta, okay, so, quick, so don't even play the open. Just quickly give me your uh, buying or selling questions. Okay, here, here's one. Uh, twenty. Uh, the Tigers, Orioles, and Marlins – We'll make the playoffs buying or selling. Oh, I'm buying. What a great story. Next. Uh, buying or selling. The Nats will miss the playoffs. I'm buying. Next. Fernando Tatis Jr. will be the face of baseball. Selling. Wow. A lot of people. Well, you think it's Aaron Judge after reading that article, don't you? Well, I just. How's a guy in San Diego going to be the face of baseball? I know, people love him, man. People love this kid, and he's 21. Uh, Who? Uh, Who? Everybody on Twitter loves Fernando Tatis. Who? Jeff Passan wrote a huge article about him. Okay, who? That's ESPN loves him. Man, you, you know what? I'm going to have to send you. When, when school starts up again, college, I'm going to send you some marketing classes. Okay? You tell me what small market guy has been the face of any sport. I'll wait. Sidney Crosby. It's the only one I can think of off the top of my head quickly. I mean, Yelich isn't a, isn't a guy yet. I mean, he wants to no. be the guy. LeBron. You can't. You can't. You, no right. guy. Cleveland. No, he's L.A., but. Miami. Miami is not considered the guy, a guy from San Diego is not going to be the face of the franchise. It's not going to be the face of the sport. Well, I, I think you're not going to be in TV, Mark, just because Jeff Passan likes you on Twitter means you're going to be <laughs> the face of the sport. Come on. You can't you're not going to be the face of the sport and market like 24 television. It's not going to happen. All right. Last one. Buying or selling Madison Bumgarner is done. Why are you even asking me? I told you he was done. Why are you even asking me that? Well, there could be Giants fans listening that missed that segment, and they want to, they want to, they want. Re- I, I already made this statement perfectly clear. I thought the the, the contract was ridiculous. Uh, well, I said he, I said he was done when he was with the Giants. It's not looking good right now. So how's that velocity been ticking down? Uh, that's the thing. It's been going down a little too much for uh, everyone's liking. So that's it. We'll save the rest for for Monday. So we got the David Force show coming up next. Yep, and then you're on for Ace Total Access at 550. First pitch from Oracle, 645. It's a warm one over there today. Yeah. If it's in, if it's in the high, mid to high 90s, uh, I'm excited to see how the ball flies to that ballpark, especially now they moved it in. You now got the weekend off. While the rest of us work, you get to go do whatever you and the fiance are going to go do. No, I'll still be working. Don't worry. I this job never wow. sleeps. Wow! Wow! All right. Well, you have a wonderful weekend while the rest of us grind.
and the A's better win this series. You can't lose a series. The, these guys, I'm filling out my lineup. To, who? You're putting Hunter Pence and Pablo Sandoval in the lineup? Really? Who is this rough guy? I mean, who are some of the Trump? Who's Trump? Chadwick Trump from Aruba, actually, I believe. <laughs> they hey, are, we going on, are we going on vacation or are we playing baseball here? Aruba, Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. Aruba, Jamaica. Hey, that Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda, you Bahamas. Go. Come on, pretty mama. That will do it for A's Cast Live. We'll be back on Monday at what? Three o'clock? Three o'clock. Monday, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the voice of summer is going to be on the program. And Johnny Gomes. So that's who we have so oh, far. Oh, great John. One of the great leaders in Oakland A's history, the great Johnny Gomes. Yep. And then uh, I'm, I'm efforting our good friend Tori Lovello, Lovello, the manager of the Diamondbacks, or I asked for Randy Johnson. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We will see you all Monday. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be here all weekend. But Ace Cast Live will be back on Monday. I'm going to be back at what time? 5.50? 5.50, yep. I'll see you at 5.50 right here on A's Cast. Chevron and its brands are committed to reliably providing fuel to customers, even during an emergency. The safety and health of workers, customers, and the communities where Chevron operates are primary concerns. In Northern California, Chevron and Texaco stations are open for business, supplying quality fuels in a safe manner. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.